Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to episode 200 of Remember the Game. Uh, admittedly, I wish my voice was in a little bit better shape for a milestone episode like this, but I just got back from a weekend in Las Vegas, and I'm frankly lucky that I can talk at all right now. Uh, so we're going to take a quick look back at the last 200 episodes of this stupid podcast before we start rambling about Final Fantasy Tactics. So I hope you enjoy this look back. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Thank you so much for all the support over the last four years. And uh, here's to 200 more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Remember the Game, Episode 1, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. My name is Adam Blank. I am a stand-up comedian, and this is my new retro gaming podcast. Welcome to Remember the Game, Episode 3. This week, my buddy Mark McHugh and I will be remembering A Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. Somebody has to have the biggest podcast in history universe. Let's make it this one. You write in, and and you're like, I'm taking away your gamer code because you don't know the Konami code. I don't use the codes. So don't fucking come Whoa. at me by yelling at me. How about you get good? I'll be referring to it as Ocarina of Tim from here on out, just to irritate all of you and make sure I don't make anyone happy. Uh, Dark Souls is officially banned from my podcast forever. <laughs> when I did finally beat the witch fight, I said, uh, I beat your goddamn witch. <laughs> if I forgot something like Kazooie's second cousin needs you to go to the grocery store for her, well, that's too goddamn bad. <laughs> so mad. But for some reason, yeah, with, with Kirby, it's like no, he doesn't bleed. It's fine. He's just yeah, made he's, of. He's, he's very, just made of very stretchy. Yeah, he's yeah. an old condom. He's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what he's made. Of. And we are going to talk about Echo the Dolphin. I because I, I I just I love hearing angry Adam because everybody bought it the first one because they love dolphins and they saw the cute box art and yep. this cute little dolphin and we're like oh that would be and like if you're a parent you're like yeah I'll buy my kid that I'm it not buying innocent. my kid I'm not buying my kid fucking Mortal Kombat but I'll buy my kid Echo the Dolphin mm-hmm. without knowing that Echo the Dolphin is going to warp his fucking mind infinitely harder than Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat is yep this week it is episode 88 and we are talking Mario is missing and spoiler alert this game fucking sucks. I am really excited to be here <laughs> talking about this game. Why? <laughs> you <laughs> motherfucker. And you just have to walk around the city. You know what the hardest part of this game is? It's not answering the stupid. There goes my dog. It's not answering the questions. It's jumping on the Koopa Troopas because even that mechanic is broken. Motherfuck. And you have. Oh. We're talking Super Mario Strikers. In 1985. Uh, the Canadian men's soccer team went to the World Cup, and my dad wrote their theme song. And then Canada went down to Mexico. They didn't score a single goal. And then there was just like a warehouse full of copies of this song that nobody wanted to buy. I'm not trying to shit on your dad. Oh, no, no, no. I was a little bit. I just imagine. I just picture like a fucking warehouse full of cassette tapes like Kirk Van Houten's Can I Borrow Feeling? But it's Mark McHugh's dad's fucking sorry theme. And and there's there's nobody fucking watching. The longtime host of the iconic Video and Arcade Top 10. 
Nicholas Piccolis. It's nice to talk to you. It's nice to meet you. We're talking Contra. But here's the thing is, I knew you were going to fuck that up because you don't I didn't know fuck shit. it up. It is Rambo. I'm looking at pictures no, of it right now on Google, you fucking asshole. And there's pictures of The him. one dark-haired guy is John Rambo. Yes. yes. The other one is blonde-haired, you idiot. So Look what are you yelling at me game. for that I didn't That's say the second one? Oh, my God. Yes. They're both uh, different guys. Listen, little, They're different characters. To, You're not the same guy. Listen to little Brad. I just Don't forget Arnie. He's my hero too. I love Arnie. You know what? You know what it is that I don't like about Barrett. I hate the gun arm. Who the fuck loses their hand and then says, "Give me a gun"? And what doctor is like, "Okay." I hated the knockoff Scrooge McDuck bear. Well, yeah, he sucks, sure. Like, oh, hello there, Spyro. I sure would like you. I, I don't know why he sounds like he's from down in the bayou, but he's like, I sure would like to help you like, save Arthur. our world, but you're going to have to pay me for these abilities, meow. Uh, this is not going to be the most technical, detailed, strategic, in-depth Pokemon podcast you've ever heard. I would have made Wiggly Tough look like like an outsider style, like like tough, like slick back hair with like the fucking t-shirt with the rolled up sleeves and like the leather jacket. And then instead of like singing lullabies like Jigglypuff does, he sings like he snaps his fingers. Uh, Zubat is the fucking Mark McHugh of Pokemon. He, he owned and I promise you that no one's going to listen to this fucking podcast. I promise you that's not going to be a problem with this one. I just think it's so fitting that on a show where my voice cracks all the fucking time, we're at a milestone 200th episode, and my voice is going to crack like a son of a bitch because it's half dead. Anyways, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and this week we did it. It is episode 2 hundred and it's finally time to talk final fantasy tactics i uh i started thinking about this episode back around episode 150 because i didn't know what game to cover for episode 200 and i just i knew i wanted it to be a big one we did mario 64 for episode 50 halo 2 for episode 150 or 100 episode 150 was super mario brothers i knew episode 200 had to be a big game and honestly with the possible exception of the legend of zelda majora's mask which is still a no by the way final fantasy tactics is probably the single most requested game that we've ever had here at remember the game and i hear your requests i took 50 60 hours out of my busy schedule to play goddamn final fantasy tactics for the first time just to review it for this episode and i figured there was no chance in hell that it would live up to the hype the problem with some retro games that people love is that 
if I, you don't have any nostalgic ties to them, they just can't live up to the expectations, you know? Fortunately, this one came pretty fucking close. Um, I mean, I got frustrated a couple of times. I don't think it's my favorite video game ever, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics. That's a pretty goddamn good video game right there. Uh, my buddy David Ray, the gentleman of Remember the Game and one of the hosts of the Quantum Kickflip podcast, joined me this week, and we went about 90 minutes on Final Fantasy Tactics, and we could have kept going. Uh, and for the record, my voice was fine. We recorded that before I went to Vegas, so the show will sound much better than this fucking intro is going to. Uh, I don't know what the official record for the longest episode of Remember the Game is, but I think we're going to challenge it this week for sure. And I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. If this is your first episode of Remember the Game, we don't go into history lessons. You're not going to get a super in-depth strategy guide here. I didn't get the secret characters. We're not going to break down the fucking super intricate strategies for geomancers in every class. This is just a couple of comedians slash nerds talking about a video game. So if I missed your favorite part of Final Fantasy Tactics, please... Please don't yell at me. Oh, God. This this podcast should never fail to love up to your expectations. Fuck. I want to make sure I nail this soundbite because I might use it on episode 300. This podcast should never fail to live up to your expectations because you shouldn't have any going in. And we're going to get to all of that in just a minute because speaking of having rock bottom low expectations, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Um, our intros are kind of, they're kind of long, but they're fun. That's, you know what our intro is? It's the first chapter of Final Fantasy Tactics where everyone's just a crappy squire or a chemist and the game just beats your ass, uh, except I'm really more of a bard uh, than a chemist and there will be absolutely no beating of ass around here this week. And for the record, it's my 200th episode and despite the fact that I can't talk, I want to have some fun. So this might go a little bit longer than a normal intro, but guess what? I'm going to put an official approximate, I shouldn't say official, an approximate timestamp in the description of this podcast. So if you just want to get to Final Fantasy Tactics Talk, look in the description. You'll see a, an approximate timestamp of where you can skip ahead to, all right? I got to get the plugs out of the way, and you might want to listen if you're interested because there's a big sale going on right now. We have merchandise, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, tank tops, all rocking badass art dropped by my man Joe over at 4545creative.com. You can find all of our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com. If you're interested, it is a great way to support the show. We're going to be dropping some new designs this week i don't know if they'll be live by the time this episode pops up but they will be live by this weekend so go back and look again if you're interested remember the game podcast.com and we're running a 20 percent off sale to celebrate episode 200 all month long the entire month of june i wanted to run a 200 percent off sale but my advisors said that was a really bad idea. So we're going with 20%. So go to rememberthegamepodcast.com and use the promo code RTG200 for 20% off your swag. I haven't actually tried that code yet to make sure it works. 
That'll be fine. Anyway, remember the game podcast.com. And if you're like, ah, I don't do clothes, which I get, I hate clothes, then you can always just support us on Patreon. For only two bucks a month, you get two extra shows every week. You get exclusive access to my gaming news show, Game Patch, every Friday, where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games and I throw in my opinions and some profanity. And Expansion Pass goes live every Thursday, and it's a different show every week. I do game rankings. We look back at specific characters and consoles. We do comedy episodes. There's game reviews. This past week on Expansion Pass, it finally happened. We talked biggest gaming disappointments. This is a topic that our patrons have been trying to get an episode about for over a year. It finally won our topic poll, which disappoints me. But as is becoming tradition in the intro here, here's the sneak peek of last week's Expansion Pass, our biggest gaming disappointments. Oh my god, I need some water. If you weren't around in the early 90s and you don't understand just what a powerhouse the Sega Genesis was in the in the early to mid 90s, you just can't understand how disheartening it is to see. Imagine like I'm trying to paint a picture for some of our younger listeners. Imagine if the PS5 just fucking instead of like coming up with a PS5 Pro or the PS6 just imagine that PlayStation released like a fucking weird thing you put in front of your PlayStation 5 to make more games. And then they released to make more games work in it. Then imagine they released another adapter to go into that adapter. So now your PS5 is two feet tall and two feet wide to play these games. And then imagine that they released the PS5.7 or something like that. And they just, and at this point, game, the companies are like, well, oh, and they've only released like 20 games for each of those two adapters. Then they released the PS5.7 and they only released like 30 games for it because no one's buying it. And you're like, what the fuck? By the time the PS6 comes out, you're like, no, you've burned us like three times. So that's now available in our archives, and this week for Expansion Pass number 113, we're going to talk about the games that got you through the pandemic. And I know, depending on who you ask, maybe it's not over yet, but we're all back to being allowed to spit on each other, so I figured it was time. What did you play when you were locked down? That's what we're going to talk about on Expansion Pass this week. So again, two bucks, gets you two additional shows every week, plus instant access to over 200 bonus archived episodes plus you can join our remember the game discord you'll have a chance to vote in our patreon poll at the beginning of every month you get the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our podcasts and you get a shout out and get to get to hear me mispronounce your name like i'm about to do to a bunch of these people a huge thank you to our newest patrons Sean Solo, Christian Orozco, Sebastian Cooper, Paul Algarite, Frederick Blaze, that's a sweet last name, Blake Klein, Renegade, Velius the Devil, Joey Frazier, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Mason Johnson, Mervins, Lance Jones, <laughs> Woomp, WMFP15, Woomp15, Moglin, Austin Vega, Craig Richardson, Portado, Chris Malpez, Aiden Kennedy, Justin Watts, Jert Jan Braze. I don't think that's right at all. Ryan McCleave, Brian Neese, and Justin Autry. Autry. Justin, whose last name I probably fucked up twice. Thank you all so much and welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And please don't forget 5% of our Patreon every month is being added to a pool that will be donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton at the end of the year. We're over $1,000 and still have over half a year to go. So thank you all so much. And finally, 
You can find me on Twitch. I can usually talk better than I am right now. If you go to twitch.tv slash member the game, not remember, member the game. I get on there a couple nights a week. I play video games. I argue with the audience. You can look at my nose because I know you all like my nose. And it's lots of fun. So you can check me out over there if you're interested. That's enough blowing myself. It's time to blow some of you by blowing in the cartridge. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Usually I read six comments, but uh, it's my 200th episode. And despite the fact that I can't talk, I'm feeling frisky. So we're going to read a couple of extras. Let's blow. Our first blower this week is a longtime supporter of the show, my arch Tetris rival, Good A who wrote in and said, Greetings and salutations. Long-time listener, first time writing in. That is not fucking true and you know it. With this being your 200th episode, how hard are you going to blow yourself by reading the nice letters sent in by hot dogs? You're going to have to speak up. I'm wearing a towel. Truth be told, I think that's the only one that I read. And you got it read because you dropped the I'm wearing a towel reference. But I did get a ton of messages from the community congratulating me on 200 episodes. And let me just say, Thank you. And it's not like an insincere thank you. You know, like when someone holds the door for you and you're like, oh, yeah, thanks. But like, I really mean it. Thank you all so much for the nice messages. Um, Matthew Braze, Braz, Braz, wrote in Matthew B. Uh, wrote in and said, hello, Adam. Loving the podcast. Keep it up. The intros are a little bit short, though. Nice poll, Matthew. Uh, you should work on that. Anyway, looking for more games to play with my girlfriend. We're all over the board with our gaming, from Black Tops 2 back in the day to Overcooked 2 and Rainbow Six Siege lately. Wondering if there were any good couch co-op or online co-op games that we missed. Suggestions? Really not a particular category that we're into. Just want something fun and working together is a plus. Thanks, Matt. Uh, I won't lie to you, Matt. I don't play a lot of co-op because my girlfriend and I fight every time we play video games together. Um, but I do have a couple suggestions. Number one, it takes two. If you have access to it takes two, uh, outstanding one time through puzzle, but it's definitely working together. So we're playing it right now. Actually, my girlfriend and I are having a blast with it. It takes two. I'd also throw Super Mario 3D World out there. That game's pretty goddamn fun. Uh, I was going to recommend Overcooked, but you already said it. There was a... Oh, my God. I know it makes for bad podcasting, but I didn't make it in my notes because I just thought of it. There's like a Prison Break game. No Way Out? A Way Out? I'm sorry, man. I know it's a shitty answer, but like, look it up. There's like a Prison Break game where you have to work together to break out of a prison. That's supposed to be pretty good, too. But It Takes Two would be my number one recommendation. That game is fucking awesome, and it's all about the couch co-op. Uh, thanks for writing in, buddy, and good luck to you and your girlfriend when it comes to playing video games together. Uh, Solar Power Badger wrote in and said, Adam, you've mentioned a few times you dislike Homer Simpson in the new episodes. What changes don't you like? Fucking all of them, Badger. Here's the thing, and longtime Simpsons fans know this. I think they call the new era of Homer jerk-ass Homer. In the old days, Homer was like a well-meaning, nice dad who was just kind of stupid. And then he kind of just turned into like a giant infant. And he, like, he didn't even have good intentions. He just became, like, a big dumbass. And uh, that's, and, like, not only is it the change in his personality, but the fact that the fucking show, like, just focuses on him. And, like, that was fine when he was a good-meaning dad who's just kind of dumb. I'm a good-meaning person who's kind of dumb. But he's just turned into a giant infant, and he just annoys the, like, I'd hate him. I wish they would kill him off. I think it would make the show better at this point. He drives me fucking insane. Oh, God. So that's the change about him that I fucking hate anyway. So, ah, ah, I think the show would still be watchable if it wasn't for him, but they put this like 
fucking 10 minutes episode is Homer just being a fucking loser. I hate that guy. You either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain, kids. I can't wait to become the villain. Uh, thanks for writing in, Badger. The Boa wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I've got a wrestling question for you. Fuck yeah. Uh, for the record, I was just at AEW Double or Nothing on Saturday night in Las Vegas. And that's why my voice is gone, in case anyone is wondering. I love wrestling. Uh, but the Boa said, If you had to make a three-match supercard of current versus past wrestlers all in their prime, with at least one of the matches being a tag team match, what would your matches be? It's a tough question, but for me, it'd be Shawn Michaels versus Adam Cole, FTR versus the Hart Foundation, and the Macho Man versus Kenny Omega. It's a good card. Uh, the Boa, Boa my, my card would be Eddie Guerrero versus CM Punk. Uh, for the tag team match, I'll go with the Hardy Boys against the Rockers, Michaels and Jannetty in a ladder match. And then the main event will be Kurt Angle and Bret Hart. And I know that a lot of you are like, Adam, you hate Bret Hart. You'll never hear me say Bret Hart can't wrestle. I just think he's a baby. But, like, I would watch Kurt Angle and Bret Hart fucking wrestle for an hour. I think that'd be incredible. So that would be my, I think that's the best match that never happened. Kurt Angle and Bret Hart. So that's my main event. Thanks for writing in, Boa. Nomad wrote in and said, congrats on 200 episodes, Adam. To prepare, I've been going back to the very beginning of the podcast to see where it all started. And I discovered a plot hole, so to speak. The first time you covered Final Fantasy VII, you said you liked Aerith, or Aeris, whatever. On your gaming confession episode of Expansion Pass, you 180'd and confessed your hatred. So what the heck happened from then to now? When did the flower girl of Midgar hurt you so? I'm here for you if you want to talk about your feelings. You know what? You know what really ruined Aerith? Aerith, whatever the fuck you want to call her for me, Nomad? It was the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because at least when I was reading the text from the original game, I didn't love her, but it was like, all right, fair enough. She seems like a sweet girl. I played Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I was like, you're like, oh my, I can't spoil anything, but you deserve a certain fate because you're so annoying. She's so annoying. Ah, Tifa and Jesse are so rad, and Eris, Aerith, whatever the fuck her name is, just sucks. So I think that's what did it was Final Fantasy VII Remake. Ah, ah, ah. Can't stand her. Thanks for writing in, Nomad. Railroader69 wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, how much of NES Metroid have you played? After being scared of its vicious viciousness for a long time, I finally got some items and found the first boss. Vicious, but I'm loving it. Anyways, I'd love to see it on the show one day. Truth be told, Railroader, I haven't played more than about 10 minutes of Metroid on the NES. And it's not because I don't want to. I like tough games. I like Metroid. I just, for whatever reason, have never gotten around to playing it. And every time I'm looking for something to play... It just never seems to pop into my head as an option. It might be the NES game that, like, I haven't played that I should play the most is maybe Metroid. So it's definitely on my list. I do want to get to it. The viciousness doesn't scare me. Uh, it's just my backlog fucking scares me. So uh, thanks for writing in, buddy. Timmy the Exuberant Turtle said, What's easier as a stand-up comedian, doing your set after the opening act kills and really gets the crowd hot or following an opener that bombs? Um, that's a good question, Timmy, because I've been that opener that's fucking just massive, like just massacred an audience and got them super excited. And I've also been, uh, the opener that's massacred an audience and had have them walk out because I was so bad. Um, I think a good comedian would rather follow an opener that kills a bad comedian wants an opener that sucks. Uh, so I, I think it's easier to follow a good comedian because I am a good comedian. I, that sounds arrogant, but I don't give a fuck. I am. So I would rather follow a comedian that crushes because then the crowd's nice and hot. If the first guy sucks, you got to go up there and fix it, usually without trying to rip on that guy too much. So I'd rather have an opening act that just uh, lights it up myself. 
Thanks, Timmy. And one other comedy question. Matt McLean wrote in and said, so we should all know by now that you're a stand-up comedian. We should also know that you love the jazz cabbage, giggle, smoke, devil's lettuce, whatever you want to call it. Have you ever gone on stage stoned before? And to add to that, have you ever recorded any of the podcasts stoned before? Whenever I decide to partake, I don't think I could or should, frankly, get in front of a crowd and talk or even record a podcast. Congrats on 200 and here's to 200 more. Uh, so I have recorded episodes of the show. Hi, uh, I won't tell you which ones you can try to guess, uh, especially some of the Patreon ones, but I, I've never gone on stage stoned. I've gone on stage, just shit face drunk and gotten shit face drunk on the stage. Uh, but I've never gone up, uh, high because I can't remember my jokes, uh, when I'm baked. And so I just like, and, and you know, I'm, I'm being paid to be up there and I'm being paid to remember some jokes. So. Uh, I know some comics that gets uh, baked before they go up there and whatever works for you, but I don't know how the fuck they do it. Uh, but I have gone up there just almost blackout drunk before and I've had a pretty good set. Although maybe it sucked and maybe I just remember it as a good set because I was pretty drunk. Uh, thanks for writing in, Matt. And uh, yeah, cheers to the jazz cabbage. Ryan McCleave wrote in and said, what highly rated game of any era did you just not get or connect with? Um... I, I know it's one that a lot of you already know the answer to, but I think it's probably Majora's Mask is probably the one. And I know you guys all, I get messages like every week now as we get all these new listeners, which thank you, by the way, people are like, well, you just didn't, you just got to try it again. Maybe you just misunderstood. I've tried it like a half a dozen times. I've played it on the Switch. I, or yeah, on the Switch, I played it on my Wii U, on the Virtual Console. I played it on 3DS. I played it on the original 64. I really like what that game's trying to do, but I just, I hate the controls. I hate the menus. I think it's sloppy and I hate it. So I think, I think without question, Majora's Mask would be the highest rated game I've ever played that I just didn't get. And no, I'm not going to try it again. So you can stop asking everybody. I'm not trying it again. Uh, Austin Vega wrote in and said, first time writing in on a blowing in the cartridge post. Uh, well, enjoy your first blow, Austin. I'm listening to the Crash Bandicoot episode, and it reminded me of all the cool game development companies growing up, and some that aren't really around anymore, or that got merged and lost their identity. What's your favorite game developer that falls into one of these categories? Mine would be Whoopi Camp that made the fucking awesome Tomba games, which you should review. I'll mail those shits to you. Uh, don't mail them to me, because I don't think I have anything to play them on. I've never played the Tomba games. Um, you know, you mentioned Crash Bandicoot, Austin, Naughty Dog would probably be at the top of my list. And I love the Uncharted games and the Last of Us games, but I miss the Jack and Daxter Crash Bandicoot Naughty Dog. Uh, so that would be one. And then the other one would be THQ. And I know that they've like, they got bought out and I don't know what they are now. THQ Nordic or whatever the fuck they were. But I miss like late 90s, early 2000s pro wrestling game THQ. Because I still think those are the best wrestling games ever made. Those are the two that jump off the page of me. I don't know if Hudson Soft is still around or not either. But I really like the Adventure Island games. So if they're not around, throw Adventure Island on the pile there as well. Uh, Scrub Tech 84 wrote in and said, Worst weekend of my life so far. I went home to visit my family about four hours away. That sounds fucking terrible. Scrub Tech. Oh, sorry. There's more. There's more message here. I, <laughs> I thought it was just visiting your family. Uh, my Switch got stolen out of my car while I was there, along with a decent selection of games. It's not the hardware that hurts. It's the saved data. So just for what it's worth, Scrub... Uh, if you had Nintendo Switch Online, you might have some cloud saves you can re-download, dude. Just look into that. I accidentally deleted my Fire Emblem Three Houses save file like 60 hours in and then got my cloud save and got it back. So if you had Nintendo Switch Online, look it up because you might have some save files waiting for you. And sorry to hear about your Switch. That fucking sucks. 
People stealing people are just pieces of shit. That sucks. Um, MC Accio wrote in and said, I'm hungry and it's hot. So let's talk about food and smoke. Which would you prefer to eat at a barbecue? Grilled hot dogs or grilled sausages? Personally, I pick sausages like bratwurst or sweet Italian. Top it with some sauerkraut, grilled onion and pepper, relish, grilled onions and peppers, relish and ketchup slash mayo on the bun. Uh, yeah, I prefer a big, fat, juicy sausage. I mean, I like a hot dog as much as the next person. The only problem with a big, fat, juicy, greasy sausage, like a bratwurst or something, is that first bite when it explodes and the lava squirts in your mouth. So I hate that. But otherwise, yeah, give me one of those on a really soft, fresh bun. Uh, throw some onions, throw some peppers, throw some relish, throw some mustard on there. Yeah, I think that's my pick. That sounds good to me. That sounds fucking delicious. Uh, and finally... For episode 200, it's letter time, it's letter time, and I was really torn on this one because we got like a hundred comments from people, and I know everybody would have loved the distinct honor of having the 200th episode's letter time letter, and so I tried to pick one that uh, made a solid point that I've enjoyed, and one that everyone that didn't get picked for the 200th letter time letter wouldn't be upset by losing, like, if you lost this one, you're like, fair enough, that was a pretty good fucking letter. And after searching through every comment, I finally picked one. Apologies to those of you that didn't get read, but this week's Letter Time letter comes in from Phil McCracken, who said, quote, One pound ground beef, one pound ground pork, one egg, one onion chopped, one cup milk, one cup Ritz cracker crumbs, salt and pepper to taste, two tablespoons brown sugar, two tablespoons prepared mustard, one third cup ketchup in a large bowl, combine the beef, egg, onion, milk, and cracker crumbs, season with salt and pepper to taste, and place in a lightly greased loaf pan. In a separate small bowl, combine the brown sugar, mustard, and ketchup, mix well, and pour over the meatloaf. Bake at 350 degrees for about an hour until nice and golden brown. Ta-da! Meatloaf, bon appetit! I am so proud to say that that was the letter time letter for my 200th podcast. That is the quality of show you should expect from us here at Remember the Game Industries. Thank you so much to everybody that wrote in and tried to get blown on our episode this week. I appreciate it. Let's change things up and let's get to the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third game is a race from time forever. As always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. And we're talking one of the most requested games in RTG history this week with Final Fantasy Tactics. So I dropped probably the three... If not three of the more requested games I have, maybe the three most requested games I get after Final Fantasy Tactics into the hot seats this week. We've got Diablo 2, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, and Portal. And I know you might be saying some of these already have remakes and remasters. The rule is if you play it, you only play the original. If you remake it, you can do whatever you want. If you erase it, all of them are gone. And if you play it, all the remakes and remasters are gone. So the only one getting any form of a remake or remaster, including existing versions, is the one you put in the remake slot. That makes it a lot harder. 36% of the people listening said they would play Portal, remake Majora's Mask, and erase Diablo 2. So let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. And we got 102 comments this week. (laughs) What the fuck? I can't believe anybody likes this segment. 102 people. 
I'm going to read every single one. No, I'm not. I got five or six to go through here, though. Ryan Schimmick said, play Diablo 2. This game was a huge part of my childhood and is pretty perfect as it is. I never played Portal, but I figure a remake will make it awesome on next-gen hardware and then erase Majora's Mask because that game blows Donkey Dong. I don't know if you mistyped Donkey Kong or if you meant to say Donkey Dong, but I'm looking at my keyboard and the D and the K are pretty far apart. So if I'm not mistaken, I think you applied the Majora's Mask should give fellatio to a donkey. And uh, that's not cool, Ryan. Double secret probation, my friend. Tatum Barnett, the lawyer who isn't a lawyer, wrote in and said, Mr. Blank, salutations. I would play Majora's Mask because despite what you think is a work of art, being a depiction of the five stages of grief, masterpiece. Remake, oh, the five stages. I thought you were going to list the five stages. And I was like, what the fuck? Is masterpiece one? And then where are the other four? Being a depiction of the five stages of grief, it is a masterpiece. I get you, Tatum. Remake Portal and just add more to our game. There was... What? Re <laughs> Tatum Barnett, the lawyer who isn't a lawyer. I'm fucking reading this verbatim. I'm not trying to fix it today. Remake Portal and just add more to our The Game was so humorous and very verbose when it came to many situations. Ah, suck. Yeah, you're no wonder you're not a goddamn lawyer. Card reads good. I feel it would behoove it to be remade. Finally, I would discard Diablo 2 while I have very fond memories of this title. Alas, I do not feel it would hold up as a remake and in have spent countless hours in its proverbial hell. So Diablo 2 must vamoose. You know, you can drop your big fucking million dollar not lawyer lawyer words in there, Tatum. But you should fucking work on your goddamn its and hours and thes. Double secret probation. Saul Goodman, you are not. Brandon McCafferty wrote in and said, Bravo, Adam. This is the first poll in a while that has pissed me off with how hard of a decision it was to choose. My favorite one so far. I'm going to play Diablo 2. My best friend and I played this for hundreds of hours in high school doing boss runs and slaughtering livestock in the secret cow level on a never-ending quest to find rare and unique items. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'm a fucking nerd. I'm a nerd. I have a video game podcast It just... What'd you do in high school? Oh, we just hung out in the secret cow level, slaughtering animals, looking for a free sword. I Anyway, uh, the character classes were balanced pretty well, even though PVP was kind of broken. The item sets were hard to collect and worth the toil, and the gameplay was great. Then Diablo 3 went and killed the franchise for me. They had a good thing going until then, fucking Blizzard. I'll remake Majora's Mask because it never really kicked for, clicked for me after trying to finish it a few times, but I think there's a good game in there somewhere, maybe. But please, please, please just ditch the stupid three-day clock. And finally, I'll erase Portal, even though it may be the best game of the bunch because I still have Portal 2, which is just as good, if not better, than the original. Fair enough. No double secret probation for you. Even though I do like the three-day clock, I think it's the menu and the controls of Majora's Mask that sucks. Velius Velius the Devil, the name that I can't say. First time player here and new Patreon, and I'm excited to hear Adam fuck up my name. Well, I hope you got your money's worth, Devil. Play Portal because I never played it, but it looks like it could be fun, and that's what really matters. Remake Majora's Mask, well, because I like Zelda, and even though I played it and beat this game, it's my least favorite, and I think they can make it better. I won't erase it. I'll erase Diablo 2 because I'm not a fan, and I don't care. Into the trash, it goes. How is someone with the devil in their handle not like Diablo, where the cover is the devil? Isn't it? It's like a demon or something. I... You're getting off Double Seeker on a technicality because I don't know what the thing on the cover of Diablo is. Maybe that's Diablo. I don't... Is it? Is that thing Diablo? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Astro Alpica. I made sure I said it right this time. 
said, hey, Adam, it's been exactly one year since I started giving you the change in my couch, and never have I ever played in your silly game, so here it goes. I'll play Diablo 2 because if it ain't broken, don't fix it. I'll remake Majora's Mask because it could use a mask lift, and I'll erase Portal, and then I'll eat cake. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's sound logic all around, and you're eating cake. That's fucking... I feel like I'm missing a cake reference there, but I still like it all around. And Scottman Plays wrote in and said, I'll play Diablo 2 because I haven't played it. I'll erase Portal because I have, and I'll remake Majora's Mask. I think it'll benefit the most from new technology, and it'll be amazing. Congrats on 200 episodes, Adam. Well, thank you very much, Scottman Plays. And I like your logic. Play the one you haven't played, erase the one you have, and remake the one that needs facelift. I fucking get you, Scottman. Uh, I'm going with the majority this week. 36% of you, including Renegade, had the same order as me. Renegade said, I'll play Portal. I never actually got to playing this game, and I hear it's a gem. I'm going to remake Majora's Mask properly. The 3DS remake was fine, but this game needs a Breath of the Wild overhaul. Just a less convoluted story, more focus, more focus on the mask transformations, and make time traveling less annoying. And then Erase Diablo 2. It just got a remake slash remaster of sorts, and I know it's one of the best one, or I know it's the best one supposedly, but they can both go. Diablo 1 and 3 still exist with a mobile game and 4 is coming soon. Those can scratch the small itch I get for dungeon crawlers which isn't much because it's all kind of the same story just my opinion I don't necessarily agree with the logic renegade but you got the same order I do my friend I'm gonna play portal straight up because I have to everyone tells me it's like a masterpiece I've never even looked at it before and I promise you at some point I'm going to so I'll play portal as it is I'm gonna remake Majora's Mask because I want to like it I just don't but I want to so I'm gonna remake it give it good controls make the menu not broken and I'm gonna make it like Returnal and then it's gonna be awesome and then I'm going to race Diablo 2 because uh, I'll probably never play it anyway. And I still have Diablo 1 and 3. So I got lots to do anyway. So there you go. Thank you to everyone that wrote in and played Play 1, Remake 1, Erase 1 this week. Normally, this is where I tell you what I've been playing. But over the last seven days, I've been recording podcasts and getting drunk in Las Vegas. So all I've been playing is uh, Russian Roulette with my voice and a little bit of Pokemon Gold on the plane on the way home. But mostly... Just getting drunk and yelling at wrestlers. That's what I've been playing. Let's talk Final Fantasy Tactics. That's why you're here. I like to give our listeners... Dude, I feel like my voice is on a second win right now. I like to give our listeners a chance to uh, sound off on the game we're talking about before my guests and I steal the spotlight for, in this case, fucking hour and a half. Uh, so let's get to a few of your comments. Moglin? Moglin? I'm sorry that I'm not saying that right. Mogmog. Moglin wrote in and said, I absolutely love this game. One of my earliest memories is waking up in the middle of the night when my mom would get home from her second shift job and I would sneak into the living room to watch her play after work. The music and visuals are like nostalgic porn to me, but once I actually played through the entire game myself later in life, I truly came to appreciate the story of the title as well. In my opinion, it's one of the greatest RPGs in history and easily in my top three Final Fantasy titles. Man. <laughs> I just, you're like, my nostalgic porn is Final Fantasy Tactics. I was like, my nostalgic porn is a fucking Sears catalog. But good for you. That's fucking, yeah, fuck yeah, good for you. Um, no, I shouldn't have said that. There's kids listening. Uh, I agree with your takes. It is easily one of the greatest RPGs in history. And I think, I don't know if it's quite in my, if it's, it's, it's top four for me. You'll hear more about it in a minute. It's definitely a contender for my top three. I think I need to stew on it a little bit for my top three Final Fantasies. Great fucking game. Banjo Man Bradshaw wrote it and said, if you don't like tactical RPGs, you're wrong. 
If you don't like Final Fantasy, you're wrong. This is my favorite Final Fantasy game of all time. I loved it so much when I had it on PlayStation. So many hours grinding to get JP to advance classes and make the perfect team. Summoners and Time Mages had to be my favorite. And of course, getting the Chocobos. I never got Cloud though. Never knew about it till I was older and didn't have the game anymore. But absolutely solid. Still looks beautiful. And congrats on 200 episodes. I agree on just about all of that, except I never really used the Time Mage. But I like just about all the rest of the stuff you said for sure. Denzalo. Wrote in and said, long time listener, first time writing in. That's not fucking true. Stop doing that, you sons of bitches. Final, I know who fucking wrote in for the first time. Final Fantasy Tactics is one of my absolute favorite games. The story was compelling. The battles were tense as fuck, as it was written. And all the different classes were amazing. If I remember correctly, this was the first Final Fantasy game we got in the U.S. that had different classes you could choose from. Not sure if 5 was out here just yet. It was such a novel idea, and it really kept the game fresh through the 40 to 60 hours it took to beat it. Dual-wielding Geomancers for life. I never had a Geomancer either, but I do agree on the classes and everything. Uh, Mike Hawk. And before you're like, yeah, you got you. It's not Mike Cock. The guy's name is Mike Hawk, like the bird. And I'm going to just give him the benefit of the doubt that that's his real name. And it's awesome. Mike says so much nostalgia here. Or you just fucking got me to say Mike Hawk. Well played. So much nostalgia here from the overpowered Sid, hidden levels, hidden characters, different boss battles, party customization. I love all of it. Don't ruin it for me, Mr. Blank. I'm not going to, Mike. I like just about all of it. Dude, I never even caught that that dude is an overpowered Sid. I know exactly what you're talking about, but I never caught that. Jesus. Wow. I was like, what overpowered Sid? I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, Homeworld Games wrote in and said, Ever since I first played this game on my PlayStation 1, it has been in my top three favorites of all time. I could talk about it for hours. I love everything about it. I love the pixel art graphics way more than the blocky 3D Final Fantasy games. And I always had so much fun naming my party after all of my friends from school. So the whole game felt more personal. The job system was a blast to play with and it makes the game endlessly replayable. And don't even get me started on the music. I was going to say the soundtrack for this game is in my top three, but I'll go big and say this is the best video game soundtrack of all time. I'm so glad you're finally covering the game can't wait to hear the episode well you just fucking did a better job breaking the game down than my friend and i did in 90 minutes and you did it in like four fucking sentences homeworld games god damn it anyways good job and finally hall of famer lp cole wrote in and said this game is awesome Enough said. I agree with you, LP. This game is awesome, and it's time for us to get talking about it. I am... Oh, wait. I'm not going to say I'm going to queue up some music yet. I'm going to do the intro part first. Uh, my buddy David Ray and I spent 90 minutes talking about Final Fantasy Tactics, and I already warned you all. I don't know everything about this game. Please don't fucking yell at me if I forgot your favorite part. I did my best. I only played it once, and it took me like 60 hours, and I tried really fucking hard for this episode, all right? So with all of that said, I'm going to queue up some of the music that Homeworld Games love so goddamn much. And when it stops, my buddy David and Rye. Da damn it. How do I scoop it? My buddy David Ray. My buddy David and Rye. My buddy David Ray and I are going to talk about the incomparable Final Fantasy Tactics, which originally released in North America on the PS1 on January 28, 1998. Enjoy the episode you've waited so goddamn long for, you nerds. Thank you so much for the support. Let's go. Oh, 
Okay, so, uh, okay, before I even get the disclaimers out of the way, I'm just going to do the intro of the guests first. That way David's not sitting on the other end of the phone for like a minute, <laughs> feeling dumb yeah. while I'm just talking over him. So joining me via the blank phone this week is a uh, longtime friend of the show, returning guest, my buddy David Ray, the gentleman of RTG. How's it going, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm uh, feeling good these days. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this game. This is one that was very uh, special to me in the high school. So. I, listen, all right. Now I can do the. I agree with you, but I'm going to get this out of the way right now. We were just talking about this off air. Yeah. I um. This is, with the possible exception of Majora's Mask, the most requested game in the 200 episode history of Remember the Game. People have been from like the infant days, like, what are you going to talk Final Fantasy Tactics? What is the Final Fantasy Tactics episode? And I got to be honest with all of you, and most of you know this, but like until the last six weeks of my life, I had never played Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> so I've played through it. I have beaten it. I have seen the credits, but I'm warning everyone right now, whether this is your first experience with my podcast or the 200th time with my podcast, <laughs> This is not a history lesson. I am not going to get into every class of every character and every ability and the greatest combinations of abilities ever and the fact that you can take three red chocobos and throw them in a barn and then they just hook up and eventually fucking Sephiroth comes out and he can do all the things and all the hidden characters and all the hidden side quests and all the plot lines and all of that. Not That's not what this is. This is just a... I just fucking said in the intro. Every week, a buddy of mine and I sit down and geek out about the games we played back in the day. All right? So that's all this is going to be. I do not want the hate messages. I don't want the messages being like, I can't believe you didn't bring up this fucking class or this hidden doorway or any of those things like I get every time we talk RPGs because I'm, I'm done ranting. But David, I have to tell you, my man, I have never been more intimidated by an episode of this podcast than i am with <laughs> this, this one. one never uh I, and i love how you i love how you started off with such a uh like a positive upbeat energy uh <laughs> just start us <laughs> well like listen <laughs> like listen i'm excited to do this okay like for all of you that have been on me to play this game for the last four years like Anyone that's listened to my Castlevania Symphony of the Night episode, that game was hyped to all hell. I played it, and I was like, this is not that good. I don't care. Sonic Adventure mm. 2 was the exact same thing. I still take shit over my thoughts on Sonic <laughs> Adventure 2, and I still stand by it. That game sucks. Um, this is not... I do not hate this game. I have, I have one one major cripe with Final Fantasy Tactics and then a few tiny ones. But I'm just warning you all right now, if you love this game and you're like, is Adam going to come in here and ruin my childhood? I like this game a lot. I have 90% good things to say. Just please, for the love of God, don't yell at me if I forgot to bring up your favorite class or something because I don't know this game that well. I played through it one time and truth be told, I may never play it again because David, as we transition into the Final Fantasy Tactics chat three minutes later, this game, <laughs> David, this game is a fucking undertaking, my friend. This it, is it, not it a is one a weekend. This is not a beat it yes. in a couple hours game. Oh, no, no, no. You, oh. Like, I, I, I feel it's a game that's very easy to fall into a trap of like, oh, I made a critical error, error like two hours ago and uh, it is, I am screwed. I have yeah. to restart. Like, it's possible. This, I, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I, well, I was going to say that because that's what happened to me when I played this when I was younger and I, I didn't, I'm like, I don't, I can't restart it. Because here's the thing. 
Adam. I never owned this game. I borrowed this game. I was not a PlayStation kid, like a PlayStation 1 kid. Uh, and so I was like borrowing it and I, I loved it, but I had to give the system back. I'm like, I don't know if it's worth it to restart it or if I could just plow through this fight in this church where they just all gang up on me. I don't know. Like, I think the... I know. Okay, so I want to ask you, okay, just mm -hmm. for the record, everybody, like we are going to get into this game and I'm just warning you all right now, there's going to be spoilers. This isn't one of those ones. I think people are coming in this one. I feel like I'm the only person on the planet that hasn't played this game based on all the comments. <laughs> so I feel like I'm safe to spoil everything because I'm the only one that didn't know about this already. I'm just going <laughs> to ask you, let's just let's just put our cards on the table. I'm going to get my biggest gripe with the game out of the way now, and then we can just do positive for like 50 minutes. You mentioned that you went to a church and everybody teamed up on you. There's a fight in chapter three of this game where you have to fight this guy, and it's one-on-one. -on -one. It's Ramza which is the main character versus this guy. And I can't remember the guy's fucking name now. It starts with a G. Someone's going to yell. By the way, the naming in this game, horrible. I don't give a fuck what you say. There's not one normal name. And every name is fucking weird and like eight consonants in a row and doesn't make any fucking sense. But there's one fight in this game in chapter three where you have to go one-on-one -on -one with this guy. And then after you beat him, then you have to go into like a team fight where it's him and like a bunch of his mutants against you and a bunch of your army. And all my whole playthrough, I was telling people, don't give me tips. Don't give me advice. Don't give me spoilers. I want to figure it out on my own. And everyone was like, the one piece of advice we can give you is multiple saves, multiple saves, multiple saves. And there is a part in chapter three where you're like 25 30 hours into this game where you have to hard save right before you go into this solo fight and if you haven't been building ramza in a way that will get you through that fight you are fucked because you can't even go back to the main map and grind and change your character or do anything unless you load up an old save file and i googled it and googled it and googled it because i was like am i the only one and everybody talks about this one fight and what a broken fucking pinch point of the story this game is and the fact i played the remake on the ipad the war of the lions that's where i played it and the fact that they still didn't clean that up after the original version is i just have to say and again getting it out of the way now so we can focus on the positive it is an abomination of terrible game design that fight and that is the stupidest fucking thing that i've ever seen how do you have people spend 25 hours of their lives playing your game and then you fucking trick them into hard saving right before the point where they're probably fucked that was just such a fucking joke to me and it all if i wasn't playing it for this podcast if i was just playing it for my own like for fun that would have been it i would have been like i'm done i'm not finishing this that is fucking stupid and anyone listening to this that has played the game knows precisely where I'm talking about. So I'm sorry that I stole the mic for three minutes. Now I'm just going to ask you, is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about somewhere else? David? I muted me. Oh, sorry. there you are. Okay. Uh, okay. Please, oh. please edit that out later. No, no, uh, I'm going to leave that in. Uh, no. <laughs> um, okay. But anyway, but, so like, are you like, yes, do you know what I'm talking that, about? That's, yes, that's it. Yeah. That's the place that it happened to me. Absolutely. Right. Uh, what the fuck <laughs> is that? What a joke! Suck yeah, my ass! How, that's sorry. how I had to leave that game. I had to leave that game at that fight because uh, I was just like, I can't, I can't pull, like, I can't restart the game. I don't have that much time left with this game. And so it was like, it was so disappointing to the point where it's like, I do want to start it again because I was enjoying the game so much. Uh, and then you get to this one impossible thing, and it's just, it's, it's it's really disappointing. It's just like. 
I don't get the logic. It's and you know what it is? It literally is it's that it's that fucking it's that fucking save point between when you yeah. leave the overworld and you go into that yeah. fight. If it didn't trap you into saving there, then it would be like, okay, I'm not going back into that fight until I go walk around the overworld and level up and figure out what I need to do with my character. But it traps you. And I don't get the logic behind that. Why make you save there? I don't get it. I Oh boy, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think now. I'm wondering, oh, th this is where your your uh, people are going to be like screaming uh, yeah, probably into their uh, uh, phones as they listen to us. Uh, I'm thinking that uh, this is maybe a multiple disc d game and it probably forced you to save there because it's end of the disc. That's my guess. Maybe. You know I don't know. That's my theory. That's my theory. But I, but even if, even there. if, let's just say that is it. Let's just say that is it. I'm playing yeah. a remaster. I'm playing the PSP yes. version Why that's been ported to the iPad. Why is it still there? Like just all you need to do to fix that is bump that save up 20 seconds earlier to let me save, then take me to the world map where I have to yeah. step one dot over into the castle. And that way, if I realize that when I step on that castle, I'm fucked in this fight, I have the yeah. world map to go and, and change a loadout and go grind and do whatever. I just, listen, I don't, as a whole, I think the first half of this game, and we're going to get into all this, um, I feel is is fairly unwelcoming to a new player. Like, I found it very intimidating to start. And then as you There's go on, going on, yeah, and as it goes on, you learn it. And I think, frankly, I think it gets easier the further in you go. And once you get past that boss fight in Chapter 3, I think the rest of the game is gravy. Like, I don't think I got stuck again. It was just that fight. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I it's... will just... I will just quickly, because people, in case anyone's like, well, how did you end up beating the fight? Uh, I looked up a walkthrough, and they recommended just running around with Ramza and using, I can't remember the name of the ability now, to up your speed. And so basically, I just kept my distance, and I equipped auto potion with X potions. And so every Ooh. time he would hit me, my character would heal, or like most of the time, he would heal himself. And I would yeah. just run away and keep using this ability to up my speed until I was getting three or four attacks into every one of his. And then I was able to take oh, him out. But, yeah. But surviving surviving until you have a high enough speed to do that is a challenge in itself. Like, you could be so fucked there. I just... Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, w I would never have figured that out on my own as a kid. No, me know? neither. I, yeah. I, and you know what? I look at that boss fight as, like, a hair on an otherwise delicious-looking cake. Because, like, 99% <laughs> of this game is really good. But, like, that is fucking... I don't get that. I'm so glad that's... Yeah. No offense, but I'm glad that's where you got stuck because we're both on the same page. And there's, like, support <laughs> groups on fucking Reddit for people that got stuck at this fucking fight. It's so stupid. I, uh, so, for, first of all, uh, I love how you've dug yourself into a nice deep hole just ranting uh, for the first, you know, 10 minutes against this game yeah. so you can build up. I love it. This yeah. is uh, this is going to be, like, an underdog story for you now. Exactly. Uh, get in the heat. Uh <laughs> That also you call it support groups. Uh, the fact that like there's people just like, I got stuck, man. I don't know. You it just is. Need to help me out. Look it up. Like, there's hey. like entire threads and shit just dedicated to this one fight and the amount of playthroughs that have been ruined. And a lot of people in those threads were like, Yeah, you learned your lesson that you need to keep multiple save files. And I was like, I get what you're saying, but again, if if I wasn't playing this for something that I was like, is my job. I would have been like, the fuck, I'm going back and playing 20 more hours to have more save files. Suck my yeah. ass. Like, because, okay, like, are, are we, I think we've, like, 
I'm ready to talk about the rest of the game. Have you got any other closing thoughts on this stupid boss fight, or you feel better? No, no, I, I, I'm good. Like, cause I, yeah, this is. It was a fight that I tried multiple times. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, I can't, I can't do anything. But like, I'm stuck here, and I probably didn't even have the abilities to like up my speed. Anyways, like, I would have been, I would have been screwed. Like, there was no way I could have done it oh. without. It took, prior knowledge. Yeah, it took me two days to get past that fight. And I was so close <laughs> to quitting. Like, so close. Oh, man. But then I did finally get by it. And then I remember messaging with a couple of members of the Discord about it. Um, yeah. And saying, like, hey, I'm finally past that fight. And they're like, it's it's smooth sailing from here on out. And it was. Like, when I got into chapter... Because this game is four chapters. And when I got into chapter four, I probably got game over maybe once. Like, I steamrolled. Yeah. I Frankly, it's not a criticism. I just, like... It really felt like they kind of, I don't know if they like ran out of steam in the last chapter or if they were like out of ways to balance the challenge because like it, a game like this, it must be very difficult to find that difficulty balance because yes. a, a, there's yeah. so many different ways to play it. You can grind and everything like that. Yeah. Um, the, cause it's really yeah, that's, easy that's, the end. Well, because if you can think about like how you can take uh, your characters put them into different jobs here now we're transitioning i feel like i feel we're hitting the transition of uh you can take different jobs get whatever abilities kind of like build out the different characters and uh uh make sure that they have like a good mix of stuff uh yeah. so that they are kind of optimized in the way that you want and in the way that you can uh uh see them playing kind of a thing like you're used to this character doing this and this and this yeah well if i you know uh, uh turn them into a lancer for a little while i can do this and this and this you know now, um like and i love that like let me just say because like i i'm i'm a i'm newer to the tactical the strategy like the tactical strategy rpgs i started yeah. with fire emblem awakening a few years ago on the 3ds but i've completely fallen sure. in love with the genre and yeah, let it. me just say, like, this game, uh, I do think it's it's very unwelcoming to new players. And that is something I'd like to get a little bit more into uh, down uh, later on. But, like, on the whole, I was like, this was a fucking blast to play. Because it took that super... If you enjoy games like Fire Emblem, like, you know, like this, like Shining Force. Force, yeah. Um, XCOM, I guess, even though there's not really a ton of shooting in this game. But you take, like, those tactical tile of games, and then you add in that Final Fantasy charm, and you add in the job system, which, like, I, have you ever played Final Fantasy V, David? I want to, it's, but no, I have not. I, I know that that's where the job system oh, originates. Yeah, It's so, like, I played it for the podcast a couple years ago, and it, like, I adore that fucking game. And uh, this one is better. Because this one takes that job system, spreads it over more characters, and throws that super badass tactical uh, gameplay style in, into it. And yeah. and you nailed it, man. The sheer amount of mixing and matching that you can do with yes. all of your characters is the secret sauce in this game. It is just... And, and in my opinion, I get overwhelmed by games sometimes like this. I thought yeah. this just went right up to the line without crossing it. Yeah. Where it was well, freedom and without overwhelming me. Without knowing Final Fantasy V that much, my guess is the very fact that you have way more soldiers in this than in a Final Fantasy game proper, right? Like where yeah. you typically only can take three people in. In this, no, you're taking you know about eight people in, 
And so you can like really mix and match. You can really fill out those roles yeah. and uh, like and most spread them around. Most battles, you can take five of your characters in, and then sometimes you have two or three like computer controlled characters with you that like have certain powers and stuff um Mm -hmm. and you can carry up to 25 people on your roster and i never found that necessary like toward the last third of the game there was really only six or seven that i was focusing on upgrading with any regularity but like yeah final fantasy 5 you have a four man a four character party um and you can mix and match their abilities all you want but you have four characters this one was like you have two dozen so it's like go experiment go recruit a new you know just a new jobber from like one of those like recruitment centers and start out making them into like a a chemist and then transition them into a black mage and then transition them into an archer and then take little bits and pieces of it and like so if you've never played this game every character in the game has like five uh ability slots and two mm-hmm. two of them are your active ones, and one is always preset to whatever character you're. So, like, if the character's a white mage, then your first character ability is always white magic. If it's That's a right, yeah. you know, if it's a if it's a, a chemist, then that first slot is like your items. Like, just as an yes. example, then you have a second slot that you can take any ability that you've learned from any other class and plug it in there, and that to me is like just those two is rad. So you can take like a knight. But if you take that character that's a knight and have them learn a little bit of white magic, then you can be a knight with some white magic on the side, almost like a paladin. Um, Mm -hmm. You can take a dragoon with its jump ability, and then you can throw in uh, summoning as a second ability if you want to. Like Just those two are awesome. But then you also have a passive ability, a walking ability, and then I don't remember what the other ability is. And those can be things like extra steps. Um, counter punch when someone hits you you fight back auto potion when you take damage they take the the first potion in your inventory and use it on themselves and it's just it's the number can't be infinite but the number of, of combinations you can come up with is incredible and so I, so yeah yeah you could do a thing where it's just like you know what I'm just want to make a character that every time they hit it's an incredible amount of damage or I want to make a character that's so fast they get so many actions around yeah. you take the right combination of things you can do that yeah like where where you can build out the character to look um exactly as you want yeah there's no uh, you just have to invest some time and uh experience into them and that's what like i i don't think it's a criticism i like i'm not i don't mean this as a criticism this is a personal preference i find this game is maybe just a hint uh, just a it's not too grindy, but it is grindy enough that I'm hesitant to play it again anytime soon. Sure. Because the, a lot of the random encounters you do where you go out and because you're not only gaining experience points to level your yes. character up, you're also gaining job points, which are what you use that, to buy new huge. abilities. And you yes. need both. But it can get really... A lot of those random encounters are not challenging. Um, yeah. They're just kind of like there and they get kind of boring and when i started learning how to play it i was reading some like not full player guides but you know like have you ever read like uh things i wish i'd known before i played this game yeah 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 so i read one of those and one of the things they talked about with final fantasy tactics is in the early going in particular they're like go into random encounters get the bad guys down to like one enemy and then just ignore that enemy and attack each other because you still get job points and experience points. And I was like, ah, that's cheese. And I was like, I'm not cheesing the game that way. And by the no, end of the game, not. I was doing it because I was like, without it, it is such a process 
to yeah. fucking level some of these characters up. And like, we'll get into the classes later, but like to get to some of the more advanced classes, it takes a lot of grinding. And if you yes. don't worry about hitting each other and you just worry about hitting the computer, like it could take fucking forever. Um, <laughs> and again, like I don't, like, is what I'm saying makes sense? I don't think it's necessarily a fault. It's just something that I don't really want to do again. Yeah, no, like, sometimes grinding fights can be fun. Yeah. I feel like this one, it it doesn't have fun gr grinding fights. Like, uh, examples in my brain that I think are fun uh, grinding fights are can be, like, in... Uh, the XCOM series, I'm talking about like the the more recent ones where in XCOM 2 where there's so many uh, uh, battles per month kind of a thing that, yeah, you're kind of there to level up your people, but at least it feels fun and dynamic and yeah. challenging. Whereas this, uh, it, it there is a certain point where like your characters are going to bypass the monsters. Yeah. Uh, even though the, the monsters like level up, yeah, your abilities and everything just surpass them easier. Like they, yeah. they don't scale great, and they don't play with a ton of strategy either, right? Like, and it was no, like, they don't. and I had read online that people were like, "Be careful grinding because you can over grind." And then whenever you go into a random encounter, the enemies are around the level of the highest level in your party, and it's not the highest level you bring into the battle; it's the highest level on your roster. So if you have one so you, character that, that's like level 30 and you take a bunch of level 15s into the fight, you could be up against enemies that are level 30. But yeah. even then, I never, I don't know if I ever died. The only time I died on a random encounter was if like one, so like when one of your characters dies, they they hit the ground and then a countdown clock yes. appears above yeah. them and you've got yeah. three turns to revive them before they go permadeath. Yeah. So if you beat the fight or revive them, they don't, they don't get dead. They don't permadie. But if if you don't get to them or finish the level before that clock hits zero, it's like it's permadeath and it's gone. And yeah. I like when I play like a Fire Emblem game, I most of the time fight the urge to hit reset if someone dies. I try yeah. to accept it as a penalty. But the thing about this game, especially as you get into the second half, is like I've invested 20 hours in this fucking guy <laughs> making him into a ninja. Yeah. I'll be motherfucked if I'm going to start from scratch. Like I'm not starting from scratch on somebody. Um. Yeah, like it, it's it, it feels like in this game there is a high investment. Like I know that that's in all of these type of games because I'm also thinking of XCOM too when you lose somebody, but it does feel like in this one it is such an investment into a character that it's yeah I you wouldn't want to yeah. lose them at and all. Whereas. And again, yeah, you can recover with others. Not a criticism. I'm not saying the game is bad because of it. I'm just saying yeah. that like that was what like I never like got game over it on a fucking random encounter. But if I lost a character that I put a bunch of time into, I was like, well, I'm not I'm not doing that again. And that's where I was going to go was like. So one of the things I looked up mm. and had on my phone the entire time I was playing it was a character class tree. Mm -hmm. um, which I would. Oh, if, sure. If you've never played this listeners, I, I cannot recommend enough that you bring up a character class tree and just have it on your phone or on your computer or whatever, because like the, I have it up right now as we talk. Right. And it's <laughs> like the thing. Okay. It's, and, and it's here's, fundamental. and here's something that went wrong for me was that I misread how that worked. I thought mm. that like, so say, and I'm just pulling them out of, so like whenever you start with a new character, they're either a squire or a chemist. Like those are the two default jobs. 
Um, Squire's a little bit more combat-based. Chemist is a little bit more support-based. But then they can go, like, a chemist, I think, at, like, level two or three or whatever can become either a white mage or a black mage. Um, yeah. and, and like a squire can become a knight or I think an archer or whatever. That's um, correct. Yes. And then they split off into other things. But one of the yeah. things that I misread on the character tree was like, I had, I had been reading about the different classes and I had read uh, like Ninja was, some, I really, and for the record, Ninja for my money is the best class in the game. I know I'm going to take shit. From I was going to, I was going to ask you what was your class that you'd like the most oh, or you go for. Yeah. I, I had two ninjas and they were just like my, my two <laughs> for anyone that watches uh breaking bad and better call Saul. They were my Salamanca twins. Like they fucked up everybody, <laughs> everybody. But I misread the tree because there's three jobs going into Ninja and I read it as like, well, okay, so I either need a level, and again, I don't know the exact classes, but I need like a level five archer, a level four geomancer, or a level six knight to become a ninja. And then it turned out like, no, no, your character needs to be all three of those things. You need to be a level four knight, a level six this, a level two this. Like whatever is oh, going I into see. the class, you need to have all of those prerequisites. It's not one goes into it. And uh, so- I, I, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. I look. I to help you out. I'm looking at it here. You need uh, level four archer, level five thief, geomancer, level two. There it That's, is. Uh, yeah. And so I I fucked up because I was playing the game and I had these two guys that were like level four archers. And frankly, the archers fucking suck in this game. Archers are useless. But I had these two guys that were archers, and I was like, maybe I just have to play longer before I unlock the ability to use the ninja class. Oh, sure, yeah. And then I got one of them up to, like, level 7, and then finally realized, like, oh, and it's on me. I'm just a dummy. I didn't realize you needed to be all three of those things. So then I had to, like, basically go and grind for, like, a day and get those other jobs up to the levels I needed them to make them into ninjas. And the payoff was great because ninja's fucking awesome. But I misread that, and... um. Okay, so I mean, if you would have played uh, Dungeons and Dragons Third Edition, you would have known that. That's <laughs> uh, that's the kind of, you need all all of the requisites. You can't just it's not just one route. Yeah, you need a whole move. bunch of stuff. Rookie, Rookie move, move on my part. Rookie move. Yeah, baby's first Final Fantasy tactical. <laughs> um, so now I did want to talk about that a little bit more the the learning stuff, but before I do. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to touch on the classes for a minute. Ninja's my favorite. There's a few other I want to stick up for, but the yeah. ninjas, uh, cause you had mentioned how the grinding can be kind of basic and I agree with you. But one of the things I like about this game is I enjoy tactical games and I like, I find them more fun than grinding like a JRPG. Cause at least you yes, can move around the absolutely. map and stuff. And what I yes. like about this game is the way that like, if you attack from the side or the back, you can do more damage than if you attack yes. from the front and the ninjas Ooh are hella fast. And then I was giving them items to make their move even better. So like my ninjas were moving like seven <laughs> spaces. Um, and then Just, they do yeah, flying around. Oh, yeah. So they have the best speed. They're moving tons of di- like all over the map. And then they attack twice. And yeah. so like, I would get them in behind the big boss. Like most of the final chapter, I was winning those fights in a couple of turns. Cause I would just sick all of my ninjas on whoever it was we had to take out. And they yeah. would go in there and just wreck them. Uh, so there's a couple other classes I want to shout out, but I'll, I've been, I've, I know I'm dominating this conversation. I just have a lot to, I have been building this up in my head for like two months and I'm finally going to puke it all up. <laughs> Is there a class that you're particularly fond or not fond of? Uh, like ninja's great. Like that's well, and who doesn't want to have a ninja? Like anytime that a ninja's yeah. an option in anything, you're going to choose a ninja. Of course. Uh, but of course, 
you know, you and I might be influenced by our love of Ninja Turtles uh, yeah. on that one a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? Any time, what I found interesting about playing this game is like when I kind of discovered a new one, I always got ex- ex- excited because I did not have access to the internet like I do now, sure. right? So like I, I, I was not able to look up job trees as easily. And, uh, uh, you know, when like, oh, Geomancer, I'm like, what does that do? <laughs> and like you start playing it, I, discovering it. Uh, I think the one that I liked when I discovered it uh, was the the lancer or i guess in, in in your case you would notice a dragoon the dragoon yeah. yeah yeah uh so like i i really liked that one um because of that jump ability and everything yeah. like that yeah um i i felt like i was always too dumb uh to kind of like like not to fully understand how to use uh the calculator or otherwise known as the uh, arithmetician. <laughs> I never used one once. I was like, I have no, fu- I read it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, th- th- there, there's, what- a, there's a lot of things happening that seems to like, you need to like, you almost need to like matrix it. Like you have to like see into the code kind of a thing. I'm like, yeah. I can't, I'm not that smart. Uh, and <laughs> so I, had, no. I had, yeah. And I had read people that said that like that class can break the game if you're good with them. But I was like, yes. I don't, I don't. You have to, yeah, I well, I'm not it. there. But I I'm will say, there. and I'm not done on this. I want to talk about more of the classes, but let me just say, before anyone writes in and they're like, I can't believe you didn't have a fucking arithmetician or you didn't have a fucking onion knight or whatever your favorite class is. Like <laughs> outside of that one boss fight and then, and then chapter one, which is something I'm going to get to. Uh, I, I found the game, f- frankly, fairly easy outside of those couple. And I didn't use a third of the classes in the game. But I think that's one of the, and I think that's a testament to how well designed the game is. You don't have to yeah. have every class. You can yeah. just pick the characters you want to play with, and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, which I thought was great. Yeah, like it. It didn't feel like there was one path to victory. Not at all. And I, I, I and, and you know, what? I think that going back to that conversation we were having earlier, where Ramza, it's just you versus. I think what made that fight probably so frustrating uh, is that the very fact, that, like. Oh, you you do need to have a very specific build for that character for that one fight, and the rest of the game is not like that. Yeah, agreed. Right? Yeah, uh, and yeah. and so that it, it's going to blindside you when you get to that fight. Whereas the rest of it, yeah, it does. You can. There's many paths to victory and and many paths to having a good team. So much. And yeah. and yeah. you know what's really what I thought was really cool about this, like my favorite. Like I'm a huge Fire Emblem Three Houses fan on the Nintendo Switch. I fucking love that game. Oh, it's great. Yeah, love it. Love but it. I found that I had like two or three characters in my party in that game that were like, all right, well, they're clearly like my my first line and everybody else is just sure. backing them up. I didn't find that as much in this game. I relied heavily on my ninjas, but like yeah. I had ninjas. You kind of needed everybody. Yeah, I had a Dragoon. Yeah. Like I ended up making uh, Ramza into a monk. So that he could do all his hitting mm. without having any weapons equipped. And he was doing a great job. I had a white mage. I had a black mage. I had a chemist who was a fucking monster. I had a yeah. summoner who was fucking great. Like, I had samurais. Like, the, it did a really good job of being like, you can, for the most part, like, go ahead and experiment. Fuck around. Make a team. And that's where yes. I think the replay value to this game, like, 
I'm shied away from replaying it because I don't want to do all the grinding again, but I'm interested in playing it again and trying out some of those classes that I never use, like the Arithmetician or the Geomancer or uh, I never had an Onion Knight or the Dark Knight or any of them and just seeing what I, some of them yeah. can do, you know? Uh, did you ever get a Mime? No, I did not. Because Mime is like apparently one of the best classes and i never got like i just simply was not far enough into the game to get one of those yeah because of the fact like i i'm not even sure of the the full ability you know what i'm gonna like look at it while i'm here and you could probably uh tell yeah. me uh we, we would be able to kind of like well like so i ran like i had i had i had ramza as my uh monk he had other abilities but his, his, he had the monkness and then i had two ninjas and one of the ninjas that i had was a dragoon and then I kind of like got bored of my dragoon. And then I was like, I grinded a bit and made the dragoon. I made her into a knight or a ninja. But then, so she had the ninja abilities, but then her secondary ability was the dragoon jump. And the dragoon jump was maxed out. So she could go eight across and eight high with this jump. So now she's moving around the whole board, double attacking anyone from behind. And if I couldn't reach somebody, she could jump and get them. And like those two plus my monk were like, those were my aces in the hole. And then my other two character slots, when I would go into levels, I would usually swap out between um, my chemist, who could throw items and could throw basically like every item in the game. Plus, chemists can equip guns in this game, and the guns <laughs> yes, are awesome. Right. The guns are so powerful. <laughs> uh, I had a summoner, and the summoners in this game are rad. The problem with the summoners is it takes a long time to get the spell off. Yes. So you yes. need to, it's a high risk. It's a, it's, it's a trail. Yeah. You got to take care trail. of them, right? Uh, and then near the end of the game, I can't remember all their names, but you start to get a bunch of like uh, storyline mandated characters added to your party. And you yes. get one, uh, I can't remember her name, but she's a holy knight. And then a little bit later, you get another character and he's an older guy. And he also has the ability to like do these wicked attacks with their sword. And like they're super quick. They shoot in far lines. They, they inflict uh, status ailments while they do damage really far away. Um, I always had one of them in my party just because they were so powerful. And I would yeah. just roll any some combination of those pretty well the rest of the way. And it it mostly, like, if I hadn't been on a timeline for the podcast and a bit on a timeline of, like, I have other games I want to play, I might have swapped out other characters and done more experimenting. But I just got to the point where I was like, I need to get this game done. This team seems powerful enough. If I run into a roadblock, I'll go back and rebuild. And I never ran into another roadblock outside of that Chapter 3 fight. Okay, so uh, as... As uh, I was like looking up here, reading it, I see why people love the mime. Uh, the mime's ability is uh, something called mimic. And uh, what it does is it copies every action other human units take. So like uh, if a player unit uses a potion, the mime it, uh, will also uh, use one on the next turn. Okay. If I, uh, so basically it gets as many turns as you have like human units in a battle. Oh, uh, that's powerful yeah. as fuck. Yes. So I like, and I always knew that it was like a really powerful, uh, uh, and it's like got pretty decent stats and sure. it can, uh, you know, put in the right combination. That thing is going to be out of control. And that would, that makes sense. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Um, um, so like, I want to just say, yeah, like I know if maybe it sounds like I'm kind of dunking on how complicated the character tree is, but it, I don't think it's that. I think it's awesome. It's not. It's, it's not. It, 
and it, now it's, that it, it's just a levels. You just have to be yeah. at a certain level with a certain, like, uh, you know, a few classes, maybe yeah. two, three, four classes. Um, but of course, that's the thing. If you have the if you have the list of like what it is, you can plan for it. Like it's absolutely. not that. Yeah. Yeah. And now that I've played this game once, I understand why people cheese it early on and get extra job points yes. and stuff like that. Because like, oh my god, especially so with the and okay. So I want to go back to the very beginning of this game because my other, I guess, minor complaint with this game is I feel the first chapter is the toughest chapter of the four. And there's a couple of fights in that first chapter that will wreck you because you haven't unlocked a ton of yes. abilities and stuff yet. And mm -hmm. maybe it's, again, I don't consider myself like a grizzled veteran of this genre, but I've played a few of these. Like, I know, I, you know, I, I'm not going to win a salsa competition, but I can dance. You know what I mean? Like, I know how to play. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I found myself very overwhelmed at the very beginning of this game because, like, I feel like it's almost... For how not difficult I think most of this game is, they throw a lot in there. And at the very beginning, like they're talking about your faith and your bravery and your zodiac signs and make sure you get all these There's classes and do happening. all these. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, and then I'm just going into fights and getting bombarded and just destroyed. And I, I don't feel like, like if, you, if you've played this, this goes to everyone listening to this. If you've tried this game and given up during chapter one, because you're either getting your ass kicked or it's too hard. And I did a bunch of reading online. There's a lot of people going on being like, do I just suck at this game? And it's like, no, the first <laughs> chapter is just really tough. I would I would implore you, if you like this genre, give it another chance. Grind yes. out that first chapter. Because yeah. once you get through chapter one, more you, you, you start getting more characters. You've got enough experience points that you can start unlocking more classes. Frankly, the game gets easier minus that one little portion in chapter three. I, I, I almost felt the first chapter of this game did it a little bit of a disservice because I thought it was so intimidating. And once I got through it, I had a blast. Well, it, yes. It, like I, I agree with you that there's a lot of stuff like how much does the Zodiac matter? How much does this, uh, like little tiny stats matter. And yeah. like, they do matter. I think the biggest thing with why it's tough at the start is, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of XCOM in my, in my brain, uh, the, the, the remake of it, where you have a few classes to kind of choose from uh, at the start. And there's a little bit, there's, there's variety just from the, the starting point. Right. Uh, whereas in this, yeah, you were right. You only start off with two classes. Yeah. Uh, you slowly expand into, you know, adding the knight and the archer and the white mage and the black mage. Yeah. Like, you don't have a wide spread of abilities at the start. And, uh, and, and yeah, it, it starts off tough and then it, it doesn't, it scales weirdly to yeah. a certain degree i feel like like most games have like like you know we've all been there right like we've all I, i'd be willing to bet just about everyone that's listening to this has played an rpg or two and like the first like you know like final fantasy 7 you fight that giant scorpion thing and it like mm -hmm. it basically just tells you like hey this is how you're gonna play the game and like almost yeah. every game's got that like yeah. I didn't. I felt like this one. There's was, none. This one was just like no training wheels. They took a five year old and put him on a bike and shoved them down a hill. And they were like, <laughs> "You're either gonna figure out how to keep it on two wheels, or you're gonna have some scars." Because like, and I crashed. Yeah. Um. And and again, like, I don't think it's broken. I don't think it's bad. I really enjoyed it. I just, I was so 
okay, and I and I want to get into the story at one point, and and I was saying to other people online, like I everyone praises the story in this game, and I think the story is good. I was so lost, but I think part of the reason that I was lost was because for the first three to four weeks that I was playing this game, I was picking it up a couple of days a week and just putting a little bit of time in, and I was so kind of like. I thought I was playing it wrong because I was getting my ass kicked so hard in the first chapter. And so then I kept stopping. Like and right like, away. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, like, I, w I would recommend to everyone that enjoys this genre. This game is like, I think this game is a must play. Like this game is on my top hundred favorite games of all time list. I get why everyone loves it. I think it's, I think it's, it's phenomenal, but I yeah. can't sit here and be like, if you've never played a tactical game play, I don't think this should be your first tactical game. I don't I think if I think that it would turn I think it would scare some people away from the genre frankly. Well, you know what this is where it's interesting and this is where I can kind of step into a little bit uh, uh in terms of like where this sits in the in the history of uh, of games and it's not like this is some big lesson. Uh but tactical games have this weird thing of they were super difficult uh at the start of history and as they go along it's like the designers have been able to figure out how to make tactical games a little bit more user-friendly right and and i feel like this is kind of like in the middle of all of that because like what i'm thinking in my brain is uh uh xcom ufo defense which is like the original 1994 game okay. of xcom uh, this is the one that you'd play on computers. And uh, I'm going to say this right now, and maybe as your fans hear this, I want to be on that episode if you ever do it, because I think that's a brilliant game. Um, and uh, there's a lot of stuff about that uh, that's impacted games going forward, including uh, uh, this one, where like tactical games tend to throw a lot at you. Yeah. They, they, It's like... And the idea of it being that the, the fun of it is is in this fact that like there is not one solution. There's many, but you need to figure out what a solution. Uh, the, the the puzzle and the joy comes from like, can you figure out a solution that works for you? Right. And um, uh, and it it it, it kind of like goes into that same thing of like say Magic the Gathering. Where it's like, okay, you have all of these options. Can you make a deck that works? This is that kind of a game. And so, yeah, the problem with tactical games out of the gate are, is always that um, initial uh, start. Yeah. Where you are coming out with like, oh, I don't really know how this game works. I don't really know how these characters. I don't know what abilities is good or, or not. Is this worth it or not? And you're not going to... Um, know that until you play it and and these games have this thing of uh you kind of got to use your first couple of goes uh just to kind of learn the game and then you restart yeah. like to, yeah. to do it a, a kind of effectively and that can be really uh off-putting uh and and tactics Final Fantasy Tactics is this kind of a game, since there's such a specific story that's happening in it, and you, you go to certain maps or whatever, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to do that same fight again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, th th in this map, in this, that's, you know, because it has a limited amount of maps in the game. Yeah, Even the, like, yeah. the, the random encounter ones. You're going like, oh, here, here we are at the Waterfowl one again. Yeah. And uh, the thing about it is, like, like 
I think grinding in a game like this is more fun than grinding in, like, say, Final Fantasy IV, where you're just mashing attack and getting through the fight. Yes. But the difference is that grinding fight in Final Fantasy IV takes, like, 45 seconds. Whereas, like, yes. it can take 10 this, minutes this take them. Yep. to go through a basic, you know what I mean? Like, if you're if you're trying to, like, stretch it out and get some extra hits in there on your own teammates and shit, like, like it can take a long time. And it's, it is, it's, it's daunting. I found it, like, it's funny because, like, I've played tactical games before this. I've mm-hmm. played Final Fantasy V. I get the job system they were going for. And I've played RPGs. So I was like, this should, I should understand this. Like, I get all of the, like, if, if, if fucking Final Fantasy Tactics was a class on that job board, like, I have all the prerequisite levels in the other genres that I should be okay. But I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was so, and the thing about it, David, is that, like, I don't think I was confused by it. It's just not an easy game off the gate, off the hop. I was yeah. like, I thought I was doing something wrong because like 90% of the games I've played don't kill you in the first hour. You know what I mean? Like, and this one was, <laughs> but then I started to slowly learn why. And like, I'm sure if I fired it up again now, it, like I'd be fine. Um, yeah. But it is not like, it's not but baby's it, first tactical game. Like they well, expect you to know how to play these. Like they're going to expect you to learn how to like, it's, it's intimidating. Well, he, you you're mentioning final fantasy five like here's the big difference and this is why i loved final fantasy tactics when i found out about this game and heard about it and saw it why i fell in love with it is it adds a dynamic that makes it impossible to be a 45 second fight which is the very fact that you can move around a board like there it matters where you stand and it matters like elevation and it all that plays into it which is very interesting but by that very nature the amount of decisions you have to make uh goes up the like how your strategy like the the permutations of all your decisions increase and uh, you can't just like tap x to just like go through the fight you actually have to think out every move yeah even even the grinding levels kind of a thing because even when you're grinding a battle all of this is to get certain characters' job points, right? So, like, you, you even have to, like, okay, I got to make sure I do this, this, and this so that this person gets the job points. Like, there's so many decisions that you're making yeah. uh, throughout the whole game that it bogs it right down. And, and, uh, and, and with a, a limited amount of maps, which is one of the weaknesses of this game, Agreed. but, of course, that's a limitation of the system. Sure, yeah. Um, that's not really even fully addressed in the genre uh, until XCOM 2, where they have randomized maps. Yeah, yeah. So when you walk in, it's just like, okay, like I'm. Uh, this is just another random fight or whatever. Oh, it's in the city, but at the least, like the city and all its uh, elements that there that are in there are in random places yeah. so it, there is new like it's always a fresh feeling every single fight yeah um and of course uh in in final fantasy tactics it does not have that random element in it no it's um, it's, it's almost like and they even look this way because like when you play it they're like cut out boards that are just floating like in the sky and it literally <laughs> feels like they're like sets from like a play and they like wheel the yeah. set in and it never changes. They can put different characters in different spots, but that set is not yeah. changing at all. Um, yeah. And on that yeah. note too, on the combat thing, I have something I really want to praise and something that drove me crazy. And the thing that I want to, the thing I want to kind of, that, that pissed me off was you mentioned the elevations thing. 
This is mm. kind of twofold. I don't, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. To this moment, I don't think they do a very good job explaining how the elevation thing works. <laughs> and on the note of the elevations thing, a lot of that would be cured. My biggest gripe with the combat in this game, and maybe it's a product of the times, I don't know, but it doesn't show you a preview of where your character could yes. attack. And that, yep. the amount of times, it's easy when you know, like, well, I have a sword. I can hit one of the four spaces around me. But, like, yes. the archers have to have so much space away. A magic spell can hit so many areas around it and stuff like that. And it is so frustrating. The amount, of, and I did it right up until the end of the game, where I would move a character and think I had them set up perfectly to land that big attack and then realize that the enemy is one position too close or too far away. And, yes. again, and you can argue that, like, well, mm -hmm. that was a product of the time, but it's like I played the remastered version. That should have been fixed. When you move, like when you yeah. move your character, you have a chance to like, it's like moving a character in chess. You put your character on a new place on the board and then it gives you a minute where you're holding on to the character. And it's like, are you sure this is where you want to put them? But when you put your character to that new spot before you lock it in, it should highlight in red where you can attack. I will well, not move off that point. That drove me fucking insane. Well, oh, I, I don't. As, as you're saying that, I remember that being, yes, the biggest annoyance in yeah. that game. And it, and, and it kind of makes certain classes weaker. Like you're talking about the archer. You probably wouldn't hate the archer as much if you knew how to like place them. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Or like, right? even like a summoner dude, a, a summoner is a huge investment. They take forever to get, they take forever to unlock some good spells and then they take forever to cast those spells. And it's mm -hmm. like, but, but if you can make them work, they're, they're monsters and it sucks when you like you move your summoner and you're like, I think I've got him far enough away that no one's going to kill him, but he's close enough that the spell I'm about to cast will hit. Then I go to cast the summon and find out that the enemies I want to hit are one space too far away. And I'm like, I don't get how I'm supposed to know that. Just highlight them in red. And then when you add in those fucking elevations where sometimes it's like, oh no, I'm standing side by side by this guy, but he's like a, a half a fucking level too high for me to hit him or whatever. Like yeah. just, uh, the, and like, I don't, if people want to light me up for this, I don't even care outside of that fight in chapter three. That's my biggest gripe with this game. I just do not understand the logic between not having an attack preview. I don't get it. Well, and, and, and I'm trying to think here. Um, I'm trying to think in shining force, which, uh, predates this game. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, you can move your person and check if you can uh, hit them, like if if they're within range, yeah. and then reset. Like I feel you can do that. Can you not? I in can't. I haven't played Force? Force in a while, but I I want to say you can. And again, because I didn't. I, I feel like I didn't have that same frustration. I mean, it's a little bit different because elevation doesn't matter. It is not a thing in uh, Shining Force. Yeah. Uh, in but yeah, that that was a big, big thing in this game where it's just like, yeah, you can't predict if the elevation drop is yeah. uh, enough so that you can shoot farther. Because that and was the whole thing. If it's the farther, if it's a higher elevation, you can shoot farther out. And it like, um, it fucked yeah. me. It fucked me a few times because I would move a character to where I thought I had them in place to land a shot drop them in then realize they're not in place to do a shot they can't really do anything they just wait and now they get attacked because i'm close enough for the enemy to reach me and it's like and again maybe on the yes. original playstation release i'll listen to arguments that that was a product of the times but on a re-release of it like that should be remedied 
I just found that to be such it's a, a it's big a major nuisance. difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I and because on that note, you mentioned I love the maps. Like I love the elevation mechanic and the way there's like yes. water mechanics and like I thought all yeah. that was great. I like the idea that you could employ like there's strategies to like making sure your character's standing with their back against a wall so no one can hit yes. them from behind. I think that's awesome. It's that's just, exactly that's why you want to play this game, right? Like that's yeah, a, th that's the thing it's selling you. But it sucks that you have to like somehow guess and calculate according to like something that you can't easily see like yeah. you know what i mean like it's not it's not very clear like even if it even if it did a, if, if it was trying to really challenge you you'd think uh it would do a thing of something like okay the elevation is this uh we will tell you that you'll be able to shoot one square farther uh, with an uh, archer, if you're three elevation up or whatever, it doesn't give you any parameters. No, I, I to found, figure it out. Yeah, you can't you? You can't even do the thing of like, oh, you can do the extra work. You just have to just know. Yeah, like, and that's not really the, everything else in the game. You know how it works. There's just this one weird area where you're just guessing. Yeah, I'm like, you, like that's I, the only area, and that's very frustrating in a tactical game. Agreed. And I don't know if the original was like this. I will say, in War of the Lions, when you go into an ability, it will say something like, uh, uh, I don't know, like four striking distance or whatever, like width and height. But that still means nothing to me when I think I have it right. But then it turns out once you throw in elevations, it fucks it all up again. And I just, yeah. and like, and there's yes. so much elevation, which again, I think is odd. like, dude, to me, some of the funnest battles in this game are when you're in towns and you can like go up on rooftops and come down. Oh, between. love it. Loved it. Love I it. I just found it. Yeah. I just, all, it all would have been, um, remedied with a basic combat preview window. You don't even have to tell me what the percentage of landing the attack nope. is. Just tell me that like, there's a it's possible, like, there's somewhere between a it. one and a hundred chance that my attack will reach that square. Like that's all I needed. Um, yeah. So I wanted to rant about that so badly because it made me so mad. And it makes me feel good that someone that's smarter than me also felt that way. That makes me feel better. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you think that uh, I am smarter. Well, uh, I appreciate that. You you fooled uh, me. Um, <laughs> but That's you, the secret. That's really the secret. On the note um, of the battles, though, the other thing I wanted to shout out that I think is awesome is mm. at the bottom of the screen, at any time, you can open up the list of the, of the upcoming attack order. Yes. And I yes. thought that was, I think, as frustrated as I am with the not being able to see where your attacks are going to land, I thought that uh, little window was excellent. And the way that every character has like a count meter and it shows you how, how far along it is. And then when you yeah. go to cast a spell or do a jump with a dragoon or whatever, it tells you like it's going to take some time. So make sure that character is going to stay where they are before... You know, because otherwise you might miss with your attack and things like that. Um, I loved that. That mechanic added so much depth because it, I, I, the first thing I would do when a battle started was open it and be like, okay, only my ninja is going to get an attack in. Then four of yes. them are attacking. So yes. I got to be careful so, to not leave my ninja out there with his pants down, you know? Um, well, and, 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 and this is a thing that in all of the games I play, because I play Dungeons and Dragons in real life and everything, like it, that's a thing I wish was a mechanic more often was the idea of you're making a choice to take a certain action 
like one of the payoffs of doing like a, a fast attack versus a, a heavy attack should be like, okay, well, maybe you're trying to get more attacks in or whatever. Like that's a part of strategy. Yeah. It's not in a lot of games. It's not in XCOM uh, 1 or 2. Uh, that's my go-to. I'm sorry that I keep no, referencing no. it. But I've, it's, I've always considered a, XCOM 2 to be like the gold standard. For the genre. And, so. and that's the thing I, I really miss. And that's the thing I wish was in D&D. And technically, there is a way of implementing that. But that's the thing where it's like your choice matters. That's the whole idea of a tactics game is every choice matters. That there's many ways of doing it. Yeah. And the very fact that tactics has this speed element in it is huge. Uh, which is, of course, which does take from... Uh, the other Final Fantasy games, I think that's one of the best mechanics it, it kept from the core games. Because, yeah, that uh, that's not in the future XCOM games. Actually, it is in the old XCOM game, and that's another reason why I love that game. Um, but... Uh, like, I uh, like that, like, you go to cast a spell with a mage, and mm -hmm. say it's going to take you three turns to cast it. So then when I pick my target... I'm looking at their counter meter and being like, well, he's already at 80 of 100. Like, he's going to be gone before I cast this spell. And it's like, yes. and you can target the spell on a unit or on a tile on the board. So it's like, well, I can, I can target the spell on that unit. But if that unit comes over here and attacks me, then that fucking spell is going to hit me while it hits him. And so, like, that strategy comes yes. in. Like I said, my ninja can come flying out of the gate and hit anybody. But if the next four turns are enemies and I take my ninja into enemy territory, I might kill one of them. But then he's just going to stand there and get beat on by three more before I get anyone else that can go heal him or anything. I, I, the longer I got into the game and the more I learned, pardon me, about the strategies and stuff, the more I thought, like, I was like, what an underrated mechanic this is. Like, it adds yeah. so much to the, to the strategy of it. I... Oh, I loved it. I just, yeah, I loved, I loved that, loved that concept so much. That was so good. Yeah, I, I think, and that's really, I think, one of the big strengths of that game. Uh, and like, it, and if I may, like, really, my experience with tactical games is very limited. They don't put, A, they don't, on, on consoles, they haven't made a lot of tactical games. There, there are some... But like I'm thinking, even with PS1, I don't even know of another tactical uh, RPG, and I'm sure somebody does. Uh, I, I I feel that there is another one that's probably like lesser known, sure. uh, but I, I can't recall it. Uh, they don't make very many, and no. the my the progression in my brain and from my experience, and this is where it's like going into nostalgia, my memory, and like why I love this game is my experience before this one. Because this came out when I was 15. The game before that I played was Shining Force. Shining Force like lit up my brain. That changed video games for me. That actually changed uh, how I saw fantasy and everything. Like, like um, and, and with the idea of like turn-based things, this is not about reactions. This is about decisions. Yeah. And um, and that that really elevated playing this game when I saw it come out. Like it elevates that whole thing of adding so many more decisions uh, uh, uh not just you know, you know tactically but also with your characters like the job system another great pull from final fantasy that i'm glad that they use it's such a wonderful kind of a, a beautiful kind of thing and then if you know after this 
going to XCOM. Like that was the next game I played in the tactics kind of a field uh, that was available for consoles kind of a thing. And uh, I, I've still to this day, every once in a while, I like, cause I'm not, I don't keep up on the news or anything. I'm like, is tactics available on Xbox? Like I'm just yeah. waiting for it to come to Xbox. Yeah. It's so badly. Yeah. It's but, pretty, it's, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping it gets added to the new PS plus games. Cause yeah, it's kind of um, like, Oh yeah. And just for the record quickly, in case anyone's wondering, I played it on the iPad and 90% of the time it actually worked really well. Other than some menu, uh, scrolling through some menus was a pain in the ass. Other than sure, that, like it's very playable on the iPad. Just, I just wanted to throw, throw that out there. It works really well. Well, and, and like the thing is, when you asked me to do this one, I was like, man, you, you reminded me, A, I want to play Tactics real bad. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I was like, the only way I could do it is play it on my phone. And I'm like, no. Yeah. yeah. A zero, a zero percent I will. But I, I like any other system, just give it to me on the, yeah. I guess. That I, I said it on yeah. Twitter. I said it on Twitter that that this game is not available on the Nintendo Switch is a crime. Like That's this game crime. would be so so at home on the Nintendo Switch. And you were talking so, about the lack of console tactical games. So I looked yeah. up three different lists of the best tactical RPGs on consoles before this episode. All oh, three, please. all three listed this game as number one. All three of them and really all three of them and you know what now that i've played it like i because like fire emblem three houses would be my go-to if you don't count xcom 2 because i haven't played a ton of xcom 2 um yeah fire emblem three houses would be my number one and i'm like there are aspects of this game i like better and aspects i don't if it honestly if you just told me where i could fucking attack this game would be ahead of it because i love almost everything else <laughs> i can look past that boss fight in chapter three just tell me where my useless tit of a fucking archer can shoot his arrow because i don't want the archer either but i gotta get him to level four before i can make him into a ninja and make him useful so please just tell me drives me just, insane oh another thing oh, fuck this is gonna be we're over an hour already and i still want to talk about two more things before we start wrapping this up um i i, I love how you're going on an arc of like you started hating uh with all the things you didn't like uh you you gave it some love and now you're starting to like uh throw your hate back at it well that, that's great that's this is fucking great- that no combat preview deserves all the hate that's just bullshit <laughs> that that feels like it was like a coding error like that should be in there um one Uh, thing one thing i wanted to shout out that i love i oh every video game every rpg in the history of rpgs needs to implement this feature when you go to a merchant and you want to buy uh armor and because that's the thing i hate the most about rpgs is dealing with my character's loadouts i hate that stuff this game you go to a merchant there's a fitting room and you can go through every single character, select all the equipment you want to put on them, see what it does, and see what works and what doesn't. And then in one fell swoop, you hit done. And then the merchant's like, all right, well, your grand total is 74,000 gil. Are you good with that? And it was like, you made this so simple. I don't have to do it for each character by one piece at a time. Every fucking RPG ever needs to implement that system. Because it is, it is, I, ah. Oh, Oh, well, I, so I don't, good. I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, Adam. I don't know if that's believable uh, because every time I go into a store, 
I uh, like buy one thing at a time. Well, I me too. The, I, I got my because, bread. That's because I the stores the line, don't give us the I option. <laughs> like, why don't stores let you bring all the items to the counter at once? It's bullshit. That would, ch- that would change stores forever if they could just let you take everything all at once. I would eat more uh, than plain to- bread if I could, if you would let me, because I'm like, I'm not going back to this store for peanut butter. But it's like, yeah. if I could buy them both at once. That would be a godsend. That's a great comparison. And, I like that. And, and and until that point comes, we will eat like ducks. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's um, fine. I um, seriously don't <laughs> like that. That's a great fucking analogy, by the way. But that that mechanic of like just going through every character's loadout and being done yeah. in one shot, godsend. Yeah. That's oh. it. That's that's how. It's weird how that has that doesn't happen very often. I know. Like, it is all like one one at a time or like even the weird thing of like you like when a game makes you buy an item uh and then you have to after buy the buying the item going into the inventory and equipping on the character it's like what what is the point what is happening yeah this is like you wear it out of the store it's perfect yeah that that's like when i buy shoes I buy shoes and put them on and then throw my old ones out as I leave the store. Like that's (laughs) it was, I'm not even kidding. If you told me I'm thinking about it right now. And if you came to me and you were like, Adam, we will put the battle preview grid on your characters, but we're taking away the fitting room and the merchant stands. (laughs) I'm like, I'll keep guessing. I'll keep guessing where I can shoot my arrows. Don't ever take away the fitting room. I think that was the, oh my God. I'm not even kidding. I have like, every time I play an RPG, when I get into a town and I know I have to deal with everyone's loadouts, I'm like, I dread it. Usually that's when I stop playing. I'm like, I'll come back later. I hate that part. I hate it. And this made it so quick. And it was just, oh, revolutionary. I just, it's going to get an extra point when we score just for the fitting room. I cannot overstate how much I love that system. Inventory management is kind of like one of those neglected areas of game design yeah. often. And yeah. like if put in that little extra effort and that's going to make a big difference in your game, especially in a game like a role playing game yeah. where there's so many decisions and so many different items. Cause I do like the idea that, uh, you know, when you go and buy armor that there's two different options that are like equally, good but it depends on like what they oh this this is a little bit lighter uh but it gives you less defense or whatever yeah Uh, like i love all that kind of stuff however if it means i have to do a bunch of extra work on top of it this went from being like oh this is a neat strategic thing to oh uh I now I I should start my job as an accountant now I suppose yeah you know what and I mean like I, in this fun video game plus like this game you know potentially you're outfitting two dozen characters if you want to like yes. I got a point by again near the end of the about a third of the way through the final chapter I was like I I could take five into combat I had maybe eight that I was even remotely interested in and sure. the rest like I wasn't even worried about. But it still made it easier to be able to flip through and do all eight, much less if you wanted to do 20 or whatever at once. Oh, yeah. That's another thing is this game. When you go into towns, you can go to taverns and take on like side errands and like send a character off to do the errands. Um, I sent two different characters away to do errands and never got them back because I don't know what town I sent them away in. And the the game doesn't tell you. 
And I was like, I don't, I'm yes. sorry, sorry, Squire. I don't know where you are, but like I sent him off on a job. It was like, I left them on the side of the highway and drove away. I have no idea where they ended up. Minor, not, not even a complaint. It just, I don't know if that ever happened to anybody else, but it happened to me twice. That, that, that is, that, that is very funny. That is just a, I know it. No notes on that. Perfect. Yeah. Leave it. That's fucking, really on you. That, that is you don't on me. Care enough about your player, your own character. Hey, you, you know what? If you were a level fucking thirty-seven ninja, I would care about you. But you're not. <laughs> you're a level nine squire, and you're useless. And so I don't care. Go. It it, it reflects reality quite a bit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, uh, now the so you had another point. You, I know that you. Uh, what was the. The, the other thing that I feel like we haven't even touched on yet, and I know if we don't, I'm going to catch hell for it, is the plot, um, is the story yeah. of this game. And I got to tell you, dude, I had so many people being like, dude, the plot of this game, isn't it epic? And every and when I finished it, I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. But I'm going to, I'm just going to, and if you want to yell at me, go ahead and yell at me because I'm not hating on your game. I didn't think the plot was as good as some people made it out to be. And <laughs> frankly, it's it's not that it's not a good plot. I think it is. And and this might be because I was playing it in such small bite-sized chunks for the first month that I was lost by the time I got to the because sure. I I dude mm -hmm. I beat the final two chapters in a shorter time span than it took me to beat the first two, like it took me a month and a half to get through the first two. I beat the last two in like ten days because sure. I got like it just I got its claws into me and I was like I'm in, but I couldn't like there's so I like the concept that like. It's really kind of tragic. Ramza is almost just like a pawn for everybody by the end of this game. Like, yes. and there's there's all these different uh, castles and and churches, and they're all out for their own personal gain. They all want to be in charge. Every one of them is corrupt. I thought all that was great, but I thought there were so many moving pieces and so many characters with fucking weird names that I couldn't keep track <laughs> of. And the whole game mm -hmm. is in that old English that I can't understand what they're saying. Um. That I, I just was, I, I, I found myself quite lost for parts of it. And I don't know if that's me on my own or not. So I mean, uh, it, th uh, this is one of the elements of Final Fantasy that they could have probably left behind a little bit. <laughs> Where, like, Final Fantasy has a tendency in their games to be unnecessarily complex, even when they are doing something that's really cool. Yeah. This is what I will say about this game, uh, because... I I can't say that too often that a game story hits me out of the gate like Final Fantasy Tactics did. Because when it opens up, the whole opening piece sets up how Ramza is a heretic. And that this is in the future. This is how history look, looks back on him right. as, as a heretic. And that's how it starts the game. So you know at the start of the game, your character in some kind of regard fails or is not fully seen as a hero, but rather as some sort of villain. Right. And But at the same time, not that you did something evil, just that you're a heretic. It starts off with such a powerful... Um, start and, and this is where like I, I completely understand what you were saying like and I agree that even I kind of got lost in it even at the time when I was like really invested in it right um, but like for me at this time when I was you know 15 16 when I was playing this game growing up in the church and this story of a guy 
who is considered a heretic and you're joining him on this journey, you're watching him go through and he's like, uh, he is actually working with the church. He is trying to do positive things. And uh, you go through the story and you discover that the church is doing some terrible things and that they may be aligned with demons and all of this kind of stuff. Like for me, that was eye-opening. That was like something that really grabbed me as uh, a religious kid growing up and who was sincere about his faith. And I would like to still think that I, that I currently am. Uh, but, but this idea that maybe the church is not the same as being good. Right. That uh, not that the church is necessarily evil. Like I didn't like, look, I'm an, uh, 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 an adult that understands things that like, Oh, sure. Uh, the church is not, does not mean that God is evil per se, but like adding this element of complexity to the, uh, to the idea of religion is what Final Fantasy Tactics brought to me. And as my, and like, I love the game. I loved everything else, but that added a new thought to my development as a, as an individual and as a, as a spiritual person, like it did have this kind of thing of like separating uh, spirituality from uh, religion, right? Kind of a thing that they that's just because the church says a thing doesn't necessarily mean it is the right thing, right? And uh, yeah, it, that that's that was a, a powerful thing for me. And it allowed me to keep uh, in mind as I was growing up, you know, keep questioning things. And like, yeah. uh, it, like even as I went to Bible college later on, like this idea of like when there's so much homophobia that's in the church, especially in the, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, that was still present and it's still present now in a lot of churches. But like, as I'm going through this space, I had this thing of like, I'm really thinking it through of like, how uh, does certain things that the church are saying and doing, I don't just take it at face value. Sure. I, t I take it with an element of like, think through it, take a moment, reflect on it. Like, what does it mean to be good and to be spiritual and to be holy and everything like that? And not that I'm saying like Final Fantasy Tactics uh, change everything for me. I, I, it's one of these things along my, 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 my youth and my growing up that just planted this seed of like, be more mindful right. of, of the thing, the institutions and things that you put faith in yeah you know like when i say that i criticize it let me say like i do think the story is really cool i like the idea that the the church everyone thinks the church is great and then it turns out now the church is kind of corrupt and i like that there's these kingdoms and they both have like pawns that they want to see put in charge so yes. that they'll have the yep. power and they're fighting with the all of that was great where my criticism yes. i have two things that i i want to first of all i think part of the reason i struggled with this story is because in the early going um I was trying so hard to focus on learning how to play the game 
that the story became yes, secondary. Yeah. And yes, then by the time they, I, yep. right. And then by the time I had my feet under me, the story was already off to the races. And I'm like, okay, so what's been going on? And then I tried to catch up on the backlogs because you can read like the logs, but they're written in that fucking stupid old English. And I don't know what the fuck they're trying to say. So like, I did think <laughs> I do like the principle. I I'm a, I'm a big fan of like, like I will never move off the point that Kefka is the greatest villain in final fantasy history. And I, and I think part of the reason I love Final Fantasy VI is because it's like, no, there's just this one insanely evil motherfucker that we all have to stop. And in this game, it wasn't so much like that. It was all these kingdoms, yes. and everyone's motivated by greed and power, which I think is an equally clever mechanic. I just found myself kind of lost. Um, yes, because the game itself was really intricate to the point that like the mechanics distracted you from the yeah the story and, it's trying to tell and then add in that stupid old english and add in some of the weird names that's unnecessary yeah and i didn't <laughs> although i will say there was one point in the game where they said i mislike this and i was like i'm taking that that's i'm saying that that's part of my verbiage now i mislike <laughs> this um i mislike this a lot yes so that kind of bugged me but i'm not saying the story was bad i'm just saying I was kind of lost. And so all the people that were messaging me, be like, how great is this story? I was like, concept is awesome. I just need to, now that I'm done the game, I think I need to sit down and reread the story a couple more times. I would like to throw this out there though. And I don't think I'm going to say the name right. Is it Delita? Delita? I don't know how you're supposed to say it. Delita? I, well, it's not It's not said aloud. So like, yeah, I always went with uh, Delita. Okay, that's what I thought too. But, so but I'm going I, with Delita. It's probably Delita. I oh, don't yeah. know. Oh, I'm going to catch shit for it, I'm sure. Um, we, but yes. Delita, Delita, whatever, uh, maybe now in my five favorite Final Fantasy characters of all time. And again, I mm -hmm. said there was going to be some spoilers. That at the very end of the game, this guy who has been around for this entire game, he's just a normal dude, and he ends up in charge. He He's like the guy in Survivor or Big Brother that just hid <laughs> in the shadows, and then at the end came out and won. And yeah. uh, I just want to just throw it out there. I don't entirely understand what happened in this story, but I understand that like fucking Delida or Delita, whatever, ended up in charge at the end. And, uh, you know, until he, you know, gets stabbed. But uh, I just was like, what a, I didn't see that coming. Like, I didn't see that like the whole time Rams is going around just trying to prevent the end of the world and trying to get everyone to just listen to him and be like, just stop you guys. Like someone isn't crooked. Right. And it turns out like, no, we're all fucking crooked. Fuck you, Ramza. And the whole time <laughs> fucking Delita is just hiding in the bushes. Like I'll oh, fucking, and now I, you know, I'm the captain now. And I just, I thought that was such a great ending. And I just thought he yeah. was such an awesome character. I just want to, I just, Thoroughly, yeah. frankly, I thought that again. I I found myself quite lost. I thought Ramza was a very cool protagonist, much better than some other Final Fantasy protagonists. Yes, and yep. I thought Delito was just easily in my top five favorite Final Fantasy characters ever. Now I just think like he's up it, there with Sid from Final Fantasy VII as like my favorites. I love them. Love yeah. Them. Oh, it's a very easy argument to make for sure. And like I I think this comes around to. Uh, what I do appreciate about the story is that it is com it is a complex story in the same way that Game of Thrones is, uh, in terms of like oh there's a lot of groups and machinations happening and they're bumping up and sometimes they are all uh, allied and sometimes they go against each other yeah. and like how you wind up with Ramza being seen as a heretic, even though what he was doing is objectively good yeah is like. That that's the kind of thing uh, that this story does. 
but it, it, coming back to yeah, the the story can be overlooked or missed because if you get too caught up in the mechanics of the game and trying to learn this really complex system, it is so easy to put the story uh, behind and you're just like, oh, I guess I'm fighting this guy now. I Who is this guy? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he seems evil based on his little character portrait. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's it, right? It, well, then you're right. Yeah. Like, I found, like, I feel like I don't know if I'll ever play this game again because it is a big time investment. But yes. I feel like this is I feel like this is a game that you would enjoy more the second time through. When you're not you yes, don't have to worry I would about that. right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to learn it all. You already know how to play. You can dial it in on the story. You know what character classes you can fuck around with because you did it the first time. Um mm-hmm. there's a like Dude, this is one of those games that if you paid full price back in the day, like sixty or whatever dollars for it, uh, yeah. and you didn't give up because you were lost, you you got your money's worth. And oh, it's not absolutely! Fluff. It's not fluff. No. It's not one of those games where they just threw in a hard mode. Like there's there is so. Yes. I know you always make everyone oh, listen. Always makes fun of me for saying meat on the bone, but like this is a twenty pound fucking steak. Like there is a lot <laughs> to this video game. Um. Considering it's a PS One game, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. there's, I, I, I mean, yes, it's not Final Fantasy Seven in terms of like, oh, it's moving around and do like it has like doesn't have movies and everything like that. It doesn't matter. This game is mechanically deep and complex, and a lot going on for it. That like. The, it challenges your intellect that not uh, uh, not a lot of games necessarily do. Like it yeah. engages with a, a a logical side of the brain, a puzzle solving side of the brain that is not necessarily accessed a whole lot. And um, and you know, like I, as soon as I started playing this, I immediately fell in love with it. Even as it was kicking my ass, and like I, I'm like, I got to restart this game, but I'm not angry about restarting this game like i'm not angry that i have to it's more like oh okay now i know how to make choices better because i like it teaches you it like it really makes you think different and i i feel like i enjoyed the process of it and as i said like if i didn't get stuck on that one fight uh and i would have started and i would have been happy about it like i you know what i mean like it would i would not have been uh, I would have to definitely probably get some help to in order to do that fight. But like the the game itself is an enjoyable strategic store uh, game, and like the story was interesting. There's a lot about this game that are big pluses, and my goodness, they need to make it more available. Oh yeah, because I, I, I oh yeah, this this is a game. Like I've paid multiple times for XCOM two for different systems because I'm like I need to have this game. I can't. I like yes, I will pay it for on my computer and Xbox. This is a game that I, every iteration I would buy it again. Yeah. I, if I whatever system I have, I would buy it, except for the phone because that's why. No, no, the I phone, get it. no. But I, outside of that, any any home like even if I got like a PlayStation Seven. And I had to pay like 20 bucks to have it. I would pay it again. Yeah. Like people have been asking me, where does it rank on my 
all-time Final Fantasy list, which I'm not going to say because I haven't played a couple of them yet. And if, like, and like, listen, I'm a businessman. Eventually, I'm going to make that a Patreon episode. I'm going to rank the Final Fantasies. I'm not going to give that shit away for free. Fuck no. Yeah. It's like, I'll show you cleavage, but if you want the nipple, you got to pay. Like, that's how it works. But <laughs> um, <laughs> nobody wants the nipple. That's why my business isn't going well. But like, I uh, will just, yeah. I will no, just come fair. out. I'll come out right now and say like, I've always considered four, six, and nine to be the holy trinity of final like those are my three favorite final fantasy games and then i would put final fantasy 5 in the same discussion uh tactics is in that tier like it's i i'll be honest with you like i need some time to digest it and think about it but like final fantasy 4 is my favorite final fantasy i think final fantasy 9 is the best final fantasy i think 4 is my favorite final fantasy this game literally does everything better than 4 the combat is more fun the story is better the job system is awesome. The inventory management is better. I like yeah. everything about it more than I like Final Fantasy IV, which is my favorite Final Fantasy. So when the dust settles and I sit down and do a ranking, like this may be my favorite Final Fantasy game ever. And so like yeah. for all of you that were upset when I was dunking on that boss fight or the stupid battle lack of preview for your attacks or you're like mad that I don't understand the story or you're yelling at David and I because we didn't use stupid algorithm characters with mimes. Um, <laughs> put all of that aside for a minute and just know that like the expectations that were on this game going into it for me were almost unreachable because so many people praised it. And this game yeah. reached the expectations. I liked it so, so much. Um, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it is a game I think about. Like, I don't think of any other PS1 game. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like, I don't care if I play Crash Bandicoot again. I don't care if I play any of the Tony Hawks again. I, I, I don't care. Uh, I don't have it. Final Fantasy Tactics, everyone. So it's, it's like that, like, uh, Oh, it's like that one that got away. Yeah. You know, like, like there's a little bit of a, that kind of a wisp to it. Yeah. And uh, I I would play it again, just like I would I play um, XCOM from 1994 again, kind of a thing. It, sure. And it's it's interesting that you put Final Fantasy Tactics in with uh, other Final Fantasy games because I don't. I I keep to me it's. It's barely a Final Fantasy game to me. It's it feels like a um, a tactics game that just decided to go with a, a Final Fantasy flavor. Yeah, uh, kind of. It's 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 very the Final Final Fantasy is very secondary to it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of tactics games that I've played, it's still up there. I, I there are like. I think I still have to go with XCOM 2 ultimately above it, but the X, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics is definitely a game I want to play again. And the fact that you would put, like, the fact that you're like, I think I have to put XCOM 2 ahead of it, but it's like, XCOM 2 is a much more uh, modern title than Final Fantasy. Like, just that is a testament to how good this game is, that it can still hold its own in that discussion. Do you know what I mean? Like, being as old yes. as it is. Like, I just... Yeah, that, that's that's why tactics games uh, like tactics games are kind of outside of the discussion of like the power of the system. Yeah, it, it it's about the mechanics of it, and mechanics can be as complex with a lot of different systems. You wouldn't be able to put this game on like the NES or anything like that. No, but you know, 
Oh, the PlayStation One is as early as you could probably get to be able to be as complex as this game is. Sure, and just I, we are going to score this thing. We're at almost an hour and a half. We're going to score this thing. And yes. move on. I just want to say for the record, too, graphics in this game are awesome. Like this game is still good looking. Just wanted to throw it out there for the minimal amount that it actually does graphically. It looks really good. Really sexy I think, video game. I I mean I'm really glad that they decided to go with um, sprites instead of polygon figures because like. Yeah. That's the thing about playing Final Fantasy VII again, which is uh, about came out about the same time. Um, that like Final Fantasy VII dates itself. Final Fantasy Tactics does date itself, but not as badly because it, it they went with a smarter route yeah. of uh, pixelated. Yeah. Uh, that art uh, style. Sprites. That art style will always hold up. Like it'll always still look good. I loved it. I love looking at this game. Mm. okay we gotta score this thing um you know mm. what i have so much respect for this game that i don't even want to throw a stupid scoring system at it i'm just gonna say out of it's episode 200 so out of 200 um <laughs> okay sure that's i feel like we're gonna show it a little bit of respect uh what would you score Final fancy tactics well uh and this is where i think uh, uh people who have heard episodes that i've been on before know that i typically give two different scores because like you know some older games i would not play now or like i don't give the same amount um i am still going to 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 do that but it's not going to be as much of a difference i feel because back in the day you know it's probably got to be up around a uh, hundred and eighty-three, uh, like as an old game. But even now, because I don't care about graphics, I don't care about like oh, it's got it. The game that that I enjoy, I don't care about graphics uh, and stuff like that and whatever. I, I think in t- terms of enjoyment, even now, I would still put it as like. 171 so it's not even that much of a drop like no there's a couple of things to improve on it that is very obvious but i think i would enjoy it almost as much as i did as when i first played it and there's there's a reason why i still want to play i don't i don't want to play a lot of old games again this is one i want to play again yeah for sure i get that yeah honestly i'm gonna give it like a 190 out of 200 I, I, the only major criticism I have of it is I thought that save, like, and I'm not even making jokes about it. I think that save right before that fight in chapter three is stupid. Um, other, other than that, it's just minor things that I found to be a nuisance. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and just blanket recommend this game to everybody listening because I do think this wouldn't be for everybody, but if you're into tactical games like this, um, I get why it's on the top of all those lists. And, uh, I must must play in my opinion. I I I just I I mean I just gushed on it for 90 minutes. I just thought this game was 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 spectacular. I it was every 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 bit worth the hype that all of you gave it going in and I'm glad that I finally got around to playing it and I got you know what? I'll even go as far as to say I would be shocked if another retro game that I've never played that everyone's been on me to play forever lives up to their hype like this game did like it was so it was everything i wanted i just loved it loved it 
loved it. What a great fucking no, game. No, I, 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 yeah, that's, that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're at an hour and a half, and I still have to fucking do an outro, and I guarantee you the intro was long because it was episode 200. Uh, so uh, I'm going to shut up for 45 seconds. David, if people want to listen to more of your rambling, where can they find you? <laughs> well, fortunately, if you want to uh, listen to my uh, more comedic brilliance as opposed to me uh, going on and on about video games uh, and, and with limited understanding, uh, I also am doing a podcast. It's called Quantum Kickflip. Uh, it is done with my sketch comedy group, The Debutantes. Uh, you can uh, find the. It's called Quantum Kickflip. It's about teens going to other dimensions uh, to pull gnarly tricks and to pull stunts and everything like that. It's a. It's a ton of fun and. We are about to do our season finale uh, on season one. Uh, it's going to start June 22nd. Uh, I, I'm very proud of this show. I think we did a really good job with it. And uh, yeah, if you want to see some silly shenanigans and uh, do that, yeah, uh, go to quantumkickflip.com. You can follow us on uh uh, Instagram, Quantum Kickflip. Uh, you can also follow my sketch group. Uh, uh, it's uh, The Debutantes. It's uh, Deb's Sketch on Instagram. And yeah, you can keep up with us there. Uh, which, of course, uh, I want to also highlight, we're going to be at the Edmonton Fringe this year, uh, which is happening in August. Uh, we're going to be doing a show called uh, the radioactive wasteland uh, variety hour. And it's going to be a very silly comedy sketch show. Uh, think, think of like the Muppets movie where they want to do one final show, uh, but just put it into the post-apocalypse. So it's very silly and uh, also has a lot of heart in it. So it. I'm all about the yep. heart. I'm all, about, yeah. I, you know what heart makes up for, and I'm not saying this is you, but I'm telling you all, I can speak firsthand. Heart makes up for a lack of talent. I can fucking tell you all that in space. Yeah, I rely, that's the story I, of my I rely, life. I rely on that as well. That <laughs> for sure. You can find yeah. that information in the uh, the description of this podcast. If you're interested, assuming David remembers to send it to me, which I'm sure he will. And mm -hmm. uh, David, listen, I'm going to sign this thing off, and I'm going to thank everybody afterwards, but 200 of these fucking things, man, and you've been on a lot of them. So let me just say, <laughs> dude, thank you so much for uh, all your time that you've put in to remember the game and for being a, a great guest and a great friend, man. I'm very grateful. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I, I always enjoy it. So. that's going to do it for this week's episode. David, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking a lot of Final Fantasy Tactics uh, with me and to every single one of you nerds right now, whether this is your first Remember the Game experience or your 200th Remember the Game experience. Thank you so much for helping us get here. This is going to be a little bit louder, longer outro than normal because I, I have some people I need to thank. Um, I don't know 
how many podcasts in the world get to 200 episodes, but I guarantee you a lot more of them don't than fucking do. And we did it. And, uh, as I famously said in episode one, all those years ago, no one's going to listen to this anyway. And now we're a million plus downloads. Uh, later, we're one of the highest ranked video game podcasts on the planet. 200 episodes out there waiting for all of you, almost a thousand patrons. Um, I, I thank all of you for listening to the show every week, but I don't think you all quite understand just how much you've changed my life with this podcast. Uh, this went from, it'd be fun to learn how to edit audio to man. Maybe if I launch a Patreon, I can make enough money to pay for a new video game every couple months to man. Maybe I could buy all my video games with this to while the pandemic just canceled comedy. Maybe this will keep me afloat until comedy is back to where it is now, which is my primary job and stand up comedy has become my side hustle. And as much as I enjoy doing stand up comedy, this is my passion. And I always used to say it when I was doing stand up comedy. Um, it's fun. I like doing it, but I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. I, I was like, there's something else out there that is going to feel more comfortable than stand-up comedy. And I figured out what it is, and it's podcasting. Um, any of you that have ever started a podcast or a Twitch channel or a YouTube channel or anything, you know just how motherfucking hard it is to get noticed out there in, in the sea of content that's out there on the internet. And I'm not trying to say that to discourage anyone else that's doing this. What I'm trying to say is we somehow found a way. And I think it's hundred percent because of all of you. I'm the one sitting here talking, but you're the ones leaving us good reviews and supporting us on Patreon and sharing our posts on social media and telling your friends about the show and writing in. And, uh, it's a, <laughs> a podcast without listeners is what I was when I started just a, just a wiener with a microphone. So from, from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Shaylee, my girlfriend's heart. Uh, thank you all so much. You've changed our lives and I'm grateful beyond anything. I, I don't know the word. I don't, I'm not very intelligent. I don't know the words that I, I need to say to truly express just how thankful I am for all of you. So thank you so much for listening to the show. And, uh, here's the 200 more episodes. I definitely want to thank a couple of people before I get to the shout outs of our, which, you know, be more thank yous, uh, to the patrons. Oh, and that was what I wanted to say. I know how hard it is to get noticed. That's what I was saying. So if you're someone out there and you've started a podcast or a YouTube channel or a Twitch stream or something, and you're not getting the downloads of the viewers that you want, we were there too. I used to get about 15 downloads a week and now we get seven to 8,000 downloads a day. And I don't say that to brag. I say that to show you that it's possible. I came from no following. I didn't have any connections. I don't even do. Someone asked me the other day what audio, uh, what programs I use. I edit all my podcasts in uh, GarageBand and iMovie on my MacBook and my iMac. I don't know how to do anything. And I made it work. So if I can make it work, you can too. Just keep working. Don't give up. Be grateful for everyone that listens and just try to make every episode a little bit better than the last one. I know that might sound like stupid advice coming from somebody that just recorded his 200th episode about one of the most popular video games ever with a voice that you can barely hear, but just keep working at it, okay? And I promise you, you get out what you put in and good things happen to good people. Just keep trying, okay? Uh, I'd also like to thank all of my guests, uh, everyone that's ever appeared on Remember the Game over the last 200 episodes. I sincerely hope uh, I didn't miss anybody. I apologize. Uh, oh, I forgot. I didn't get the... Uh, the, the patrons that sponsored the episodes. Um, I don't know if I, can I do that off the top of my head? I think I can. Cause some of you, no, you know, maybe, maybe let me see if I got it here. 
Oh, fucking right. Yeah, I can. So I'd like to thank Zach Shepard, Johnny CCDC, Slick Rick, Holmes, Nicholas Chaffee, Tin Smasher, Doug Dorn, Dean Donian, Ryan Kinchin, and uh, oh, Holmes again. So thank you guys for sponsoring episodes of the podcast. But it's particular, I wanted to thank all of my guests, my friends, my fellow comedians, everyone that's come on this podcast and volunteered their time to sit here and talk video games with me. So a huge thank you to every guest I've ever had in order of their appearances here on the show. Chris Heber, Christopher DeJurek, Mark, the former Hall of Famer McHugh, David Ray, Mikolos Blackshaw, my nephew Ben, Kevin Light, Tyler Sabarin, Andre Como, Kyle Paul, Patrick McGrath, Kyle Shaw, Ethan Sir, Ty Brandt, Daniel Brooks, Robert Evans, Darren Morris, Brad Warren, Bradley McHugh, Alex Fortin, Nicholas Piccolis, Thaddeus Archer III, Summoning Salt, Tim Real, Kate Roberts, Ben Bullew, Joe Buck, Mike the Ref Maloney, Doug Walsh, and Keegs and his stupid motherfucking arrow handle. Thank you all so much for taking time to come on my podcast. Look, if you've made it this far, clearly you don't hate the sound of my voice. Leave us a nice review on your favorite podcast service. We'd appreciate it. And if you want a whole bunch of additional episodes, episodes of this show head on over to patreon.com slash remember the game two bucks a month is all it's going to take to get you started and you get two additional episodes every week along with a ton of other perks and instant access to over 200 bonus podcasts uh oh and don't forget we're running a sale at remember the game podcast.com uh it should be set up and live by the weekend it may not be live the day this goes live um i mean i go in It might not be live the morning that episode 200 drops, but our sale will be running by this weekend. Uh, Your promo code is RTG200, and it's going to save you 20% on any of our merchandise over at RememberTheGamePodcast.com if you are interested, okay? Thank you all so fucking much, and um, I'm not going to sit here and promise you I have 200 more episodes of this in me, but I'm not ready to give up yet. So here's to 200 more episodes. I'm going to thank some Patreons and then go and try to get my voice back. So thanks so much for the support, everybody. You're all the best. I, I love all of you. Minus Keeks and Mark McHugh. And I could take or leave Brad Warren. But I love most of you guys. Thank you so much for the support. You're the best. Cheers. Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I puke up every week without all of your support. The following people are signed up at our Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. And I want to take a moment to stumble through their names and thank them all personally. So a massive, massive thank you to... Uh, my buddy Dave, because he's one of my best friends. And then also makeshift mail of money. Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre, Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Boy Fufu89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Nathan Tremblay, A-Town, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, G9PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Coplin, Doogie, Wolf Magic, 21, Johnny CCDC, Joe LeBlanc, Squints, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Russell Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, Sean Woodruff, Just a Fish, Noob Q, Super Dad Bros Podcast, Enzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack T-Bagger, Chris Dickin, Untakar, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Larkin, Austin Cook, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Dockabai, Ray San Juan Tonga, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Trav H, Mizuru, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, Jake Carter, C-Spin, 
Thomas Smith, Nikola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Pork Sword, DB Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Brant Hewitt, Gabe, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Damison, Jameson, goddammit. Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon Row, Tyler Nightmare, Terry Douglas, Benjamin Swiller, Creature Club, Club. Here we go. Pet My Peeve Podcast. Tristan Teen the Great. Hegel Waffle. Esteban Navarro. Kach. Jimothy. Josh Stone. Chris Williams. Evil Skywalker. Nicole Novak. Cody Richardson. General Fury. Salty by Design. Jason Workman. Dem Boys on the Roof. Oh, what the fuck. LOL. The Jamadian Nightmare. Matt Hamilton. James Black. Sam Carpenter. Nerdy Hybrid. Tug Jones. Adam Fletcher. Colin Bollinger. Justified 01. Lucas Charleston. You Lick My Butt. IR Jackal. Third. Thirand, Isaias, Paul Algarate. The new ones fuck me up because I'm used to saying the old ones. Lance Jones and Brian Neese. Thank you all so much. 200 episodes. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. <laughs>